to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I have a guest that reached out to me, a fellow friend of a friend, and wanted to see if they could jump onto the Sea of Thieves best podcast to talk about some of the most contentious, some of the most highly debated topics in the game as we've seen it. There's going to be a little bit of news beforehand, but this is a big episode. So sit down, relax, and let's get into it. Hoi there, Pirates. I hope you're all doing really good this weekend. Uh, I did want to just kind of touch on some things before I get into the interview. Uh, it does look like we will be getting some sort of holiday Halloween event. The problem is, is we still don't know what that is going to entail. Uh, just recently on the Twitter account and I believe Instagram, see if you tweeted out a photo of the campfire or not the campfire, the uh, fireplace in the tavern and around it, they have a bunch of different gourds and uh, pumpkins, things like that. And they had some regular music that kind of went along with it. So while we may not have gotten any kind of Sea of Thieves uh, news video this week, I'm hoping that that's something that's going to drop this week. Unfortunately, we're still kind of in the dark uh, as to what kind of event is going to be coming this holiday season. The last bit of news that I did want to touch on real quick uh, as we go into the interview is the news Xbox uh, Wire wrote an article recently giving us 30 games fully optimized for the Series X and S on launch. Uh, this was brought to us by Will Tuttle, and he wrote in to talk to us about how some of the games that we can expect are going to play best and look best on the Xbox Series X. And then they gave us a list of optimized titles. Now, many of these are some of the games that are going to be coming out day one. Some of these are backwards compatible games. And one of the questions that has been consistently tossed around the Sea of Thieves community is how come Sea of Thieves hasn't been confirmed for optimization for the Xbox Series X and S. Now, many of us on PC uh, are, are familiar with some of the features that come with PC as far as like an FOV slider, higher frame rate, better view distance, uh, higher textures, things like that. And we're kind of wondering how the console experience will be will we get faster load times will we get better view distance are we going to get ray tracing many of these things are coming with the console in the series x and s but we don't necessarily know what type of those uh, which of those features are going to be applied to sea of thieves so as of right now sea of thieves is on sale through microsoft for 20 dollars, and it is smart delivery enabled so Regardless of which version you buy, whether it be a Series X or S uh, or the Windows or actual uh, Series Xbox One games, uh, those those will all transfer to uh, whatever hardware you're playing on. Uh, we're looking forward to hopefully hearing more about Sea of Thieves from Rare. Hopefully they'll decide to take some time to put together a video uh, if they have an opportunity to touch on some of the improvements that are expected with this next gen version. All right, Pirates. So this was an interview that I did with Caleb. Uh, I, we had a really good time talking about just about everything that was on our minds. He brought in some really good discussion and some perspectives uh, as we kind of dive into some stuff. So if you guys find yourself disagreeing with what we say, 
that's probably a good thing. It means you have a strong opinion. I'm curious to know what your opinions are. And I don't want you all to feel like we are attacking anyone because we're not trying to attack anyone. We're trying to bring up a dialogue so that perhaps opinions and uh, uh, thoughts can be shared in a safe space without anyone feeling like they're getting attacked. Now, I personally thought that a lot of the conversation that we had, we tended to agree on things uh, with slight differences here and there, and maybe some ideas that might help out Sea of Thieves in the future. So I just hope that you guys take this in stride and not a personal attack, because that's not what the intention was. We weren't trying to, to set out to try and upset anyone with our conversation. Uh, we just wanted to try and present some options out there that maybe you hadn't considered. So go into this uh, interview with that in mind and enjoy the conversation. So we pretty much, uh, we did a little little bit of conversation beforehand, but I guess that's that's most podcasts trying to get things started, making sure right. everything was working and whatnot. But um, Caleb, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Uh, you wanted to reach out for a couple topics, but I guess before then, um, I did want to get to kind of what got you into Sea of Thieves because you do your own podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... For those listening, what what shows are you currently working on right now? Well, it's really kind of you to to put my plug in here at the beginning before anyone knows me. So uh, I can really introduce myself here as a shill, guys. Hey, guys, you should listen to my stuff. By the way, have I mentioned my Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> He's also, you were very kind in saying, hey, you wanted to talk. Uh, you didn't so much invite me as I committed the cardinal sin of inviting myself onto another person's podcast. And, and you so <laughs> generously and maybe foolishly accepted. Uh, but it's very kind of you having me on. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, no, no. Respect you. And I think you have a great show on here. It's an honor and privilege to be on. Thank you. But I do, uh, I do some uh, role-playing shows. I have a show called Trailblazer Academy, where we teach people uh, lessons related around tabletop role-playing games. Everything from GMing to playing. We focus on Pathfinder first and second edition, but there's lots of episodes that are system agnostic. If you want to jump in, I'd listen to the comedy episodes. Pretty one of my favorite episodes we've done. And the other show we do is called Trailblazers. It's an actual play blended with an audio drama. For that one, I would start with season two. Uh, if you start with season one, you'll be like, oh, this is the first thing he ever made. I can tell by the way they're static and everything he's ever said. <laughs> so kind of kind of going from that DD background um i guess my first instinct is to ask you have you played through the sea of thieves rpg at all no as a completionist i want to buy it just for the sales just so it sits in my chest because i'll never use them mm -hmm. uh, because when i first entered this game i was like oh i'm gonna role play with my friends and we'll sail the seas and we'll talk like pirates and we'll we'll be the crew of the black flag and yeah well i just ended up i didn't get enough friends that wanted to play the game and there were so many things to unlock my completionist drive uh kind of activated and well there's a lot of things in the sea of thieves to take up your time if you want to get everything so it's a grindy game, so I just got caught in it, and, and I'm stuck in it now. I can't get out. <laughs> well, you're not wrong in that that aspect. I I was of that completionist mentality very very early on. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it wasn't until probably this year that I finally kind of sat back and was like, "There's a lot, <laughs> and, <laughs> and a lot of this stuff is going to take a lot of time." They really they really pushed a lot of the uh, the mm -hmm. the requirements for stuff. 
uh, to yeah. kind of last beyond the initial month. And, and, you know, true to form when they, when they originally had big content drops, you know, you would, that would be the content drop and you would just work on that. So you tried to get everything done, uh, prior to the end of the event. Cause a lot of it was time limited, but sure. now that those cosmetics aren't in that situation, it feels a lot more relaxed, but a lot more grindy at the same time. I never thought about it that way, but you're so right. Part of like the, Oh, I gotta get the sales before the next update is because they really grinded it into us of, yeah, you, after this, it might not be available or, uh, after this can be really hard. Like, can you find a chest of rage right now? Maybe, no. maybe if you get the one fort out of the 15 forts you could possibly have, if, if you wanted those combinations, you had to do it then, or goodness forbid, if you want to get those, uh, not bone dust crates, what are they called? Rag and bone crates. You want oh, those yeah. combinations. <laughs> But then sometimes it's easier. Uh, boy, in my crime, I feel bad for anyone who tried to get all those Athena villainous skulls from the Thieves Haven run. When mm-hmm. now with the grade five emissary, it's way easier. See, so you, you yeah. never know. But they did really grind it into you. Get it now. And now they're kind of releasing stuff that's like, you know, hey, you can earn this over your playtime, which is sort of like the way I feel you're meant to do it. Like, hey, turn in 500 chests as a pirate legend and you can get, you know, the special compass. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you could really earn that over, you know, just normal gameplay. But I'm really going to grind it out in the next sort of week and make it com- really remove all the fun from it. Yeah. And and that kind of <laughs> dives into one of the topics that we'll jump into later on. So folks listening, remember this conversation because we're going to we're going to dive heavy into the the reasoning behind some of the issues that we're coming up with uh, in Sea of Thieves. But um, with Sea of Thieves, uh, the. The, the the idea behind it is so interesting and it's such a, a strange prospect um compared to other games that you've played how do you like the idea of horizontal progression as well as uh session based gaming as opposed to having like a persistent ship with supplies that are always there mm-hmm. and knowing exactly what you're getting when you jump into it uh because of what you left off with and on like a prior session like does that sure. does that kind of mess with you because i know a lot of folks coming into sea of thieves kind of butt heads against some of the um i guess not normal aspects of a game that that most people would generally expect and don't find so kind of touching first on the horizontal progression did that bug you at all when you jumped in well there's a certain thing that happens when you play a game like say halo or any any shooter when you play a multiplayer match that's like it's like it's a 10 15 minute match you know maybe in in some of the the edger cases it's 30 minute match and it's 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 very fun to get a kill and it's not so fun to get killed, but the response quick, you're back in the action. You can keep engaging in the fun thing. In Sea of Thieves, doing three hours and losing everything to somebody sinking you feels really, really bad. You don't get that quick, oh no, it was a 10 minute game, everything's over, or I keep getting that kill and then getting killed sort of back and forth very quickly. Three hours, it feels real bad, but boy, does it feel really, really, really good to steal someone else's stuff. Oh man, they must have worked on that for so long. They must feel so bad. These are feeling a little bit bad for being a pirate. That that's such a huge like difference. I would call it in my opinion, maybe the biggest part about this game that I dislike is is how long 
what I just said. I, I tend to repeat myself. Yeah. You'll have to forgive me. Um, <laughs> I'll make a point and then repeat it because I'm a foolish man. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is that there's no matchmaking. Mm. Uh, so when when you sink somebody and then you go on their board aboard their boat and they have a seafarer's chest and you're like, oh, they're in default clothing. They just started. This was not fun for them. And I had no fun sinking somebody who had, it was brand new to the game. I feel so bad. Did I just drive this person out of the game? That feels bad too. Not that I'm saying, hey, Rare, have matchmaking. Understand it's a big deal. I had the same thing with, if you ever played a game called Hearthstone, it's an online mm-hmm. card game. And I would play like just fun decks that were outrageous. And like one out of 32 games, you could get your combo off just because it was a, a fun, dumb deck I made. But because I would keep losing, I'd eventually see somebody, oh, they just played a default card that nobody plays anymore because you can, there's a million cards better than that. I'm like, oh, this this kid's about to get dunked on because I got my combo. He's going to have no clue what's happening because I got sent so far back down the ladder and you feel bad for it. No one feels good about, well, hopefully no one feels good about sinking these brand new players. And oh, there's, only there's just, people. <laughs> yeah. there, there's someone out there that that gets a kick out of it. Uh, fresh blood is always fun to to find on the seas, but most of the time, a lot of us want to have people kind of come to the game and stay in the game for a mm-hmm. while so they can get better. But I, I totally know how you feel. Mm-hmm. Depending on how on, on their age and how you can deal with um, playing with people of younger age, it's actually usually a lot of fun to like start helping them through something. Or I remember when I first started playing, if somebody dropped down in Athena's voyage for me. That was like made my day. I'm like, Oh, I got an Athena's voyage. This is great. Remember those days. It's, um, it's funny because now there's so much to do in the world that isn't driven by quests that, that allure of an Athena voyage is dropped off significantly. Cause mm-hmm. usually when you had an Athena, that was, that was your night, you know, you, you grabbed sure. an Athena and, you had a little bit of everything and you would go and you'd work on each each section of it and stack it all until you got done but now it's like too hard almost there's too many things in the world to distract you or call your attention to it because the prospect of you know there being another ship with a bunch of treasure or there being a uh, a bunch of uh, stuff coming off of um you know shrouded ghost or who who knows what or we have reasons. to stop the boat every five seconds because there's treasure floating with the barrels unless i'm playing with new people and they're excited to get every shiny thing uh i'm like guys we need to focus if we don't focus on the task at hand there's a million things to divert us and we'll never get this done and mm-hmm. i only have 12 hours in my day i can't keep doing this i remember when uh when I was really grinding hard for, and it wasn't even grinding at that point. For me, it was just playing the game. When I was leveling up, the two things I did was forts was a great way to level up. And the other thing was uh, the Ashen Athena voyages that people would put down for me. Or, you know, eventually you, know, you get Pirate Legend and you put them down yourself. And you're just grinding to get that Athena's 10 back when it was 10. And that was the first time I had ever gotten discovered Alliance servers. And I remember there was a point where it was the, what I think was maybe the first ever double XP weekend, but it was the first, certainly the first double XP and gold weekend I had ever been a part of was also the weekend I just, I, I got invited to this Alliance server. So it was just what a windfall for me to be able to get double XP, double gold on an Alliance. And, and I, I got my Athena 10. That was probably some of the most fun I had in this game was that, that time. Congrats. That's awesome. I know that feeling. So 
did you want to dive into Alliance servers then? Because I know of of the topics that you wanted to bring up, um, some of the the most a lot of the players I want to say in Sea of Thieves have very specific ideas about how the game should be played, mm-hmm. regardless of the actual intent behind what the the developers actually had. And uh, it tends to come up fairly frequently. Uh, I, I would say there's usually a, a three month cycle of people being like, "Ah, oh, Alliance servers or uh, oh, PVP or oh, PVE or hit reg. You know, there's there's a lot of reasons why people tend to mm-hmm. want to bring up these topics. So starting off, I guess, with Alliance servers, um, this was one of the things you wanted to talk about. So what are kind of your thoughts on it and, and what drove you to want to pick it as a, a topic? Sure. Well, you said something incredibly important there, which was intent. I always hear intent brought up in any conversation that is uh, is is hotly debated, and, and it's a weird thing because there's there's things that the games embraced that weren't intended. Sword dashing. We all love sword dashing. I, I feel it's a near universal acclaim. It was not intended, but it was ended up being great fun, so they left it in. Uh, uh, you other exploits like running with chests and things like this. And so that stuff always comes up when they patch or remove something like, Oh, there's no more uh, shooting through the walls of your boat. Hey, but isn't that like sword dashing? Why are you removing it? What, what was the, but it's not the way we intended it to be played. Uh, that was a big thing when revive came out. That's the way we we've always intended. It was part of like the alpha build. How important is intention? It's, it's such murky waters. So when you get down, so I kind of even, don't really worry too much about coming from the argument of of what was intended when I look at these hotly debated po- topics. For like alliance servers, it wasn't certainly wasn't intended for people to take over a server uh, uh, on the reg. Certainly, it's great events I've naturally had where you know before I even discovered alliance servers were a thing where we got the whole server or close to the whole server uh, as allies and we, we had that cash windfall and just naturally, I'm sure that was what was intended, that natural teaming up and it happens once in a while feels great. It's amazing. But, um, when you hear people talk about Alliance servers, a lot of the times what I hear, and you can tell me if you hear the same thing as I hear a worry about splitting the player base, you ever worry about that? Like, Oh, now no one's going to be left in adventure except people looking for PVP because everyone else is why, why do adventure when you can be safe in an alliance? For me? No, I've never worried about it because I, I definitely know that because of the Azure system that Microsoft is, is using and see is kind of implemented the, the server merges will happen. It's, it's not always the best situation. It's not always the right answer to what the, the, pirate fantasy would be but mm-hmm. because of that situation um i know that there's always an opportunity where at one point the crew that i play with is probably going to run off most of the ships or they're going to log out because of what time it is or they're going to finish up and change servers or you know multitude of reasons why they why they aren't on our server anymore so because of that we tend to run a lot of server merges and mm-hmm. it happens you know some nights are worse than others but the the fact that that even happens the fact that that's an even uh, that's a possibility just kind of buffers any hesitance towards the idea of fracturing off uh, or fracturing the the community into different groups um if i had my druthers i would probably delete arena but that's my personal <laughs> preference that's so funny you say that 
Well, I was. See, go ahead. That I, I really had that same opinion because I've seen other games, uh, like uh, some Call of Duty games, would have DLC maps that you had to buy, and so it would split the player base, which eventually meant, in the end, those those maps would be ghost towns later mm-hmm. on in the life of the game. Not that Call of Duty games are intended often to have a huge lifespan. Uh, and I'm so when I first heard about Arena, I'm like, oh, so we're going to split the player base. Great. I can't wait to have no one in Arena anymore or no one in Adventure anymore. But I don't I don't really think that's happened. I don't I don't feel like my servers are full, especially because the way Sea of Thieves has the six six ship limit and then they can just merge you long as there is like 12 people playing the Sea of Thieves, you're going to end up getting I should say 12 crews they can merge you together and consolidate. And there's a lot more than that playing. So it's actually kind of like a non-issue in adventure. I didn't consider that. But what I don't, I don't think arena did that thing that everyone was fearing where it was going to split the player base. So I'm a little curious who people of, I'm a little curious that people still think that if we have Alliance servers built into the game, like right next to adventure, uh, next to arena, it says Alliance server that it will then, empty out adventure mode i it didn't that didn't happen with arena i don't imagine it happened with adventure mode i think you'll still have pvpers in uh excuse me let me rephrase that i still have times where i want to play an alliance server and times where i want to play an adventure sometimes i like the idea of going to a fort and then having to look out for other ships or trying to steal a fort from somebody or or whatever world events going on and sometimes you feel like Today, I just want to work on this commendation. I really don't need it stolen from me. I don't even care about the, the money reward. I just need to turn in the 50 skulls to get the new sale or whatever. And I do the Alliance server. There's a million reasons why you do everyone. But I find myself, and I understand this is a completely anecdotal piece of evidence, but I find myself, I, I want to do both and I do do both. So I don't, I don't really see people's people a lot of validity to the worry that it's going to split the player base and then just adventure mode is going to be a ghost town. Because people, if you are worried about the people who are really focused on PvE leaving adventure mode to go to an alliance, ser- alliance server, then people like you who still want PvP will still be in adventure mode. So the real thing you're really just losing out on is that easy prey. And I'm not crying for you about that. The you bring up some interesting concepts. So just to just to make sure that that uh, myself and anyone listening has a clear understanding of the proposal you're suggesting is an alliance server would effectively be a server that, of course, someone has a car alarm going off outside while I'm recording. <laughs> um, so the idea of- we were recording our gunslinger episode. And literally, there was gunshots outside my apartment for that episode. So (laughs) interruptions all the time. I feel you. (laughs) Could you not try and murder other people while we're talking about murdering people on our (laughs) podcast? It's very inconsiderate. Well, all Um, it means is that somebody's going to come here and and steal something from me while we're recording. Oh, God. Please, no. (laughs) Uh, I have nothing to steal. Go ahead. We're going to steal So, so the, the idea of an Alliance server that you're speaking to, um, mm-hmm. I, I guess I w- I'm curious to, to dive into a little bit of the specifics on that. Uh, is, are these uh, servers that would be purely PVE in the, ass, uh, in the sense that you wouldn't be able to attack other players and there, there would be uh, like no friendly fire or, or friendly fire would be kind of off for everyone? Yeah, you, you've, you've pointed out a great mistake I made, which is I didn't define terms at all. 
anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about is completely lost. It's an alliance server. It's a server that people run where there is no PvP. And you can work together to do different things. Oh, this today will be a, a meg fleet where everyone hunts down megalodons or whatever. But generally, do whatever you want. And no one's going to fight each other. We have all six ships on the server. So there can't be a server merge. Uh, one thing that, and I, as you can see, I bet, I, I lean towards, I think Alliance servers are fine. Uh, but to, to really give, a, I think, what is a strong point to people who would be anti-Alliance servers is those servers right now are run by community members who set rules. And they will, like, ban you or something or, 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 or discipline you in some way if you break those rules. But to have to have like in-game mechanics that enforce a PvP a PVE server, that's a that's a whole different ballgame. How are you gonna implement that? How are you gonna stop people from shooting each other? Yeah, so oh there's no friendly fire. Can I still shoot a cannon at this guy or, or crash my ship into him? Are you gonna make it so that that doesn't do it? There's there's a lot of like nitty-gritty details that Rare would have to dive into and make like exceptions for and really figure out to really implement that kind of a, a thing. It's not as easy as as people might think. So one of the main and, and this is a, a tough thing for me to do because I wanna I wanna make sure that I try and represent the opposition in this situation. Sure. Um but it to be perfectly honest, I'm fine with PVE servers, I'm fine with PvP servers, I'm fine with a mix of both because I think that there's room for everyone. Um and reasons for each. Uh I, I definitely appreciate all aspects of of what people mm -hmm. want, regardless of my personal opinions. Um the the one main thing that i constantly come back to uh when i'm having these discussions with uh discord members or people online is the value behind the the content that people earn in adventure mode um they worked hard to try and get x number of things done in the game and all the while they had to do that while watching watching their back you know they always yeah. had to keep it one eye on what they were doing and one eye on the mm -hmm. horizon and they feel like their commendations and cosmetics their their triumphs are diminished because of uh alliance servers or pve servers where people don't have that half of the game where there is a constant desire to uh, attack other ships as a factor and how do you try and, and convince, because that's what you'd have to do. You would have to convince people that play an adventure that their content, that their, their triumphs, their cosmetics still retain the value that they earned uh, when, they did the, when they did the content compared to Alliance servers. Um, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you tackle that front? Like, do you change the cosmetics? Do you change the requirements? uh of the cosmetics do you change the 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 accommodations that that you have for those right like how do you try and convince people that had to had to lose their three hours of right. of loot to someone because of a, a bad situation that theirs has as much value as someone else right. who didn't have to worry about getting sunk yeah the reality is right now is that alliance servers exist and people will have the legendary thief accommodation for trading chests. And even though you got it legitimately and they look the same. And the truth is there are no sea of thieves, pirate police that open up. Let me see your accommodation. How did you earn that? 
And yeah. and do you do you do that? Do you go wait a second? But how did you get that title, sir? Sir, how did you get that title? It just doesn't happen. Is is that is it devalued? Who knows? Because no one no one knows how you got it. And mm-hmm. I <laughs> have you have you really seen Rare really values titles because boys there are sure a lot of titles rewards in the game. And I myself I talk about how much I'm a completionist. I, I try to get items, all equipable items. I'm not trying to get every single combination, and I'm not trying to get every title because I can only have one title at a time, and I don't need this whole bevy of them. So, does it really matter that that we both have the same size chest full of titles, and both of us can only display one anyway? And and you display Rat Catcher or something. Does it really matter all that much? Eh, I don't know, but. Are you really concerned? I say you. I'm the general. You guys. Hey, I know you're thinking. Hey, Caleb, are you you sure having a lot of fun knocking down all those all those straw men, huh? That you're propping up. Listen, it's just me and Logan. May I call you Logan? Yeah. Or do I have to call you Captain? No, uh, Logan. <laughs> we're not actually here arguing with a bunch of people. So if you're stumbling around a field, eventually you're going to kick straw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we're. You're earning this, and the difference between me and the alert, me, I'm going to use myself as an example, me on the Alliance server and you on a regular server, having to earn this is, is honestly, it's a lot of time because the different, I get sunk, I could still try again, and maybe I had to try three times, I'm sorry, in this illustration, you had to try three times to get the same thing that I only had to try once. In the end, it was just amount of time. And when you think about it, you how many times have you played? Uh, how many times have you played? You've had l- lots of sessions. We all have where you just didn't run into anybody, or you did, and you guys didn't didn't attack each other. You just avoided each other. How much? Plenty of times. It's just up to RNG and how people are feeling that you happen to run across. Plenty of times we both earned that the same way, even though I was on the aligned server and you were on the regular server. I think it's a really really weird way to go to be like if you're on the aligned server, say rare implemented aligned server that the cosmetics that you earn would look different. Because the truth is, Rare is going to implement uh, a, 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 pri- a private servers, and they're not going to have any accommodation progress, no gold progress. They've heard the community loud and clear, and a lot of the community saying, or I should say a lot of vocal people in the community, forum posters, are saying, we don't want this for all the reasons that we, you and I both brought up now. So don't put it in the game and say, all right, we'll have private servers, but their intention now is mostly going to be for people running special events. So the truth is that the the side that is that you're representing has won. That's at least for now. Rare agrees with you, and I may disagree, but Rare's on your side. But what's the big worry that I'm going to get gold easier than you? I mean, ha- ha- you having to fight for your gold made your 10 million gold and 10k doubloons any easier spent than mine i mean neither of us have anything to spend it on am i right guys <laughs> that'll that'll be a different different topic we're getting to <laughs> so can i can i interject real quick because i i have a no uh, this is my uh, podcast guys welcome to captain caleb's show uh this is my special guest captain logan look i understand you've been doing a sea of these podcast for a while not anymore. I went ahead and passed it off to a wonderful mm-hmm. gentleman named Caleb. Mm-hmm. I'm going to head over and start building a Destiny 2 podcast. I think there's a lot oh, of ground oh. in that community. That Yeah, that, my condolences. Bad decision. That, that game might go somewhere. Uh, <laughs> no, so... Um, uh, I think you should really focus towards Anthem. I, uh, insider tip, I think that's where all the, all the money is going to be made. 
Funny enough, I just got a great deal on Anthem. I'm I'm starting up uh, my Storm Javelin now, and it's it's going great. <laughs> I can't wait for the Xbox Series X when it'll delete all of the load times for that game. And <laughs> who knows, the HDR might hide some of the really bad animation. Uh, but that's that's you know I was thinking about maybe doing something on that later on. Listen, it'll be just as popular as Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Another it- joke about games. <laughs> uh, yep. That silence. Literally, I need you to leave that in. I don't know what kind of editing you're going to do, but that silence does need to be in. Because <laughs> that is about as real uh, as it gets to my comedy. <laughs> no, I like it. Uh it's it's good stuff but um, i'm glad so you I, let me do the ads at the beginning because the rest <laughs> of this will be just me convincing people not to listen to my podcast we're like mm, his humor is not great I, I will not be clicking on that link no it's dry i appreciate it um i i so okay so i wanted to uh, i'm trying to hold on to my my brain thoughts here um so i t- two things that i wanted to address uh the first one was the the discussion around uh, alliance servers and how rare has sided with the people that prefer to have uh, mm-hmm. a mix of pvp and pve um i agree with that sentiment but i also see the need for pve servers for different situations uh and not necessarily for for what um, just kind of a more, more relaxed styles. I actually see PVE servers as a as a, an accessibility option, um, not as a a kind of laid back scenario. So for me, mm. people that don't have sure. full access to play the the normal adventure mode, PVE servers would alleviate that stress uh, and also be a, a a testing bed for new features. Um, the thing that I wanted to bring up is a a, a pause it i just wanted to to throw this out for for you and for everyone else that's listening to to think about if in originally when the game launched barrel system the 2.0 system that we have currently uh was intended to be in the game from the get-go i know this personally it wasn't ready at the time and they were working on it up until the point where they actually released it now when they released it there was a lot of controversy about how it was going to slow down the game how it was going to affect pvp and how it was going to make the game dead ded and it didn't and in fact a lot of people appreciate it and it's opened up a a, a huge amount of options as far as storage crates as far as uh carrying different items bait cannonballs uh curse cannonballs chain shots firebombs all of those things would not be possible with the original barrel system and anyone that thinks that the new system is the the way that you know way it's always been it wasn't Hmm. so it to to kind of do i recall correctly that barrels used to not say empty when they were empty i feel like that used to be a thing I don't know. They did say empty, but uh, they you would just pull them directly from the the barrel. So you just had right. to mash the button to to drag it until it said empty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to to kind of take that act or take that that premise of of how we have a barrel system that is different from what was launched with, but how that has improved the game uh, since. If Alliance servers were put in the game from the get-go, say those were ready to start and you had Arena Mm -hmm. and you had Adventure and you had uh, Alliance, then I would would question if people wouldn't swap between the three naturally 
you know, organically as they play throughout the years. And this would be a non-issue because I feel like a lot of people are, are in that situation where they, they butted up against the change of barrels. They're happy with it now. No one's complaining about the barrel system, except unless you get stuck in the UI for some reason. But that's that's more of a bug than a than a functionality of the barrels. A bug at Sea of Thieves, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen one. Uh, and I wonder <laughs> if... Just if, like the Shroud of Ghosts, they don't exist. It's true. New people are Photoshopping so well these days. They are. Um, and I wanted to see uh, what your thoughts of of that. If if Alliance Surface had been in from the mm-hmm. start, do you sure. think this would still be an issue? Of course not. Absolutely not. It's tales all the time. People from game developers to politicians always run into, well, guys, this was the way it's intended. No, you've implemented this for X amount of time. This is what people are used to now. So now you're not, that argument you think means something, but it means nothing. It's about what is in the game now and what people think will happen. I was part of that argument for uh, Revive. Revive wasn't in the game for so long. It's been intended from from the beginning. And What if it was there from the beginning? None of us would have cared. None of us would have said anything about it. But oh, it's a new thing. Hey, guys, I'm here to tell you, people don't adjust well to new things. I know you've never heard that before, but it's true. That's news to me. I'm scared now. But... Okay. <laughs> As you should be. But let me commend you. I always hear you championing uh, accessibility options, and I think that's really great. I didn't even think about that. Selfish Caleb over here is like, yes, I want alliance servers because I don't want to fight other people. And you're like, yeah, there's actually other people who who would who have, who have would want to to play on alliance server because of their accessibility limitations, and they don't. it just would be more difficult for them to deal with other pirates and things like that. And I didn't even think about that. It, I guess it it, it, re- it reveals a selfishness on both sides of the argument, but anyone's like, I don't, I don't want an alliance server. You don't. Neither of us even thought about that group of people at all. It's a it's, real good argument for alliance servers. It's one of those things, and and I and I I have to I have to to really look at the fact that 2020 has completely changed my perspective on a lot of things in my life that has translated to the to the game, but. Um, one of the things that I I think is, is it's a hard sell for me when people, and this was the other topic that I wanted to bring up. So, um, in arena, we play for silver. We don't play for gold. We don't play for doubloons. We play to get silver and whoever has the most silver at the end of the match, uh, they're, they're the winners in the arena match. And once it's done, it's done. It's reset. Just like in adventure. Mm -hmm. Now that everyone has millions and millions of gold just that they're sitting on that we can't spend anything on which that's a a different topic we'll we'll touch on listen Mm in um it feels less important for me to like for example last night i had a friend who hit me up and he wanted help turning in the treasure that he had been stacking for the last few hours and wanted to know if i was available to help nice friend in yeah really good friend um, I didn't need the gold and he knows that I didn't need the gold, but he wanted to get the gold turned in and he knew it would be done faster if, uh, he had help. So he hit me up and I, and I was free at the time and he thanked me for helping him turn in the gold. And, uh, I told him, I was like, I didn't need this gold. I just hopped on cause I wanted to come say hi to you. Like mm. it, it had, I, I don't need the the gold or the reputation. It's not important to me anymore. I've been sure. pirate legend, even with the increased reputation. 
I've been taking it slow. Uh, so I have merchant left mm-hmm. with good. What you're doing is called actually having fun with the game. Unlike me, it's just like muscle <laughs> 75 tomorrow. It's a hard, it's a hard lesson. Uh, learn. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I railed against the concept for a while. Uh, oh, I'm but, so glad it came in, but please, I'm diverting you. Continue. So, so the, the, the idea that, um, adventure is, is the reason why people enjoy it is because they like going out there. They like hunting other players and they like having mm-hmm. value to the things that they're doing. I think what it comes down to is a lot of people have that, that risk and reward and the gold doesn't factor. I don't know too many people that really care too much right. if they, if they lose a haul, uh, they're more upset at being sunk and, or they're more, they're more <laughs> elated. Oh no, at my sinking. supplies. Yeah. So the, the question that I have in my mind is, uh, if we're okay with arena, which is a strictly PVP mm-hmm. mode being a, a currency outside of the normal currencies that we're dealing with in adventure, how do you feel if Alliance servers were of the same ilk, if we went for mm-hmm something outside of gold or doubloons and we had a session-based um crossover cosmetic scenario where in alliance servers you could earn um i don't know pick a pick a uh a, a currency or a, a precious metal what have you you know stick gems. with rpg we got silver gold let's go with copper all right so alliance servers earn copper and we'll we'll ignore the the values in real world so that people don't feel like they're getting less. Copper uh-huh. is equal to gold and silver in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, in alliance servers, if they were to earn copper, copper could then be used to purchase specific cosmetics for uh, people on alliance servers. But you could still use those in arena or adventure. Um, do you think a system like that? would help alleviate some of the frustrations with players who want PVE servers and still feel progression mm-hmm. and adventure players who don't want uh, their their content diminished because of the ease of, of a lack of a PVP mm-hmm. uh, issue in Alliance servers. I have a problem with your your the core of your proposition in mm-hmm. arena when you earn silver it's just for the one match and when you finish you get gold depending on what you placed mm-hmm. and you also can unlock accommodations which unlock clothing and you can also get that up to 50 for the uh getting pirate legend everything you actually earn is just stuff that you earn that is used in every mode the gold the cosmetics the accommodations the 50 i told you i repeat myself i'm sorry you that's all earned. So if we had like a bronze in the Alliance server that you could spend on cosmetics, it's a completely different beast than what happens in arena. It'd have to yeah. be like session based and accommodations. It, it, but if you, if you made it much like arena where there's, there's only there's certain cosmetics that you can earn in adventure mode, all that is, is an, is a incentive to play. I'm sorry. in in uh, let's say in Alliance servers, all that is, is an incentive to play the Alliance servers. The incentive to play arenas, there's there's cosmetics that are locked behind arena accommodations. So the incentive to play the Alliance servers that there's cosmetics locked behind Alliance servers. I don't think you need incentive. I think that's my problem with the whole premise of this whole argument is I don't think you really need additional incentives to play any of these modes. I think each mode offers something unique to the others that you can have fun with. So I don't see the need to to I understand compromise is a is a beautiful part. It's a it's a thing that helps my marriage stay strong. 
compromise is wonderful. I don't think this is something that you need to compromise. I think this is one of those things where compromise will 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 sort of destroy the whole thing. Like, for example, what Rare is doing right now with the private servers, I feel like kind of destroys the purpose of I'm not going to use those private servers ever. I'm going to stick to this Discord I use that sets up the Alliance server so I can still earn accommodations and things like that. Mm-hmm. And since Rare has sided with the here's what private servers are going to look like, the argument is is like over from there. But is it though, as Jeff in Control Robinson, the late great, would say, because guess what, guys? Athena's Vanguard, one of, if not the largest private server for doing these alliance servers, is a partnered server or whatever the terminology is. We're the rare. So rare is actually also sided with them they also like yeah sure go ahead you're not breaking the rules we're not going to close you down and we're not even going to just like we're turning a blind eye we are going to endorse you so the truth is it exists rare's okay with it existing and the only difference between whether or not there's a button on there is the accessibility for people to get into these and whether or not i have to go through an interview process and apply to play and join this discord group whether or not i can just click a button it's just easier all there is. It exists, guys. It's already there. You you bring up a, a really interesting point that I think a lot of people probably aren't aware of. Many, many Discord servers just have set requirements. I know mine uh, is about halfway to earning partnership. And I'm not striving to get it to partnership because it doesn't really do much outside of just kind of label my, my Discord server as... Uh, There's a little as, bit of prestige to it. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I, I value, I, I, I know you're kidding, but in all honesty, I, I, I value the, the, the atmosphere of my community and the the discord that I have is full of people that I really love. Uh, Mm -hmm. so having that opened up to a a broader audience without kind of that, that organic discovery, like a randos. Yeah. In, in one, in one instance. And that's, that's something where I, I feel like I can, the, the mods that I have and the people that are in there, we can police each other well enough. And all of us have the common understanding mm-hmm. of, of what grew into the discord. So, you know, we don't have any at mentions for, for people. We don't have like at everyone and stuff. And we try to keep things as notification light as possible hmm. and let, let people just, dis, just discuss things as, as they will. And to have it partnered would kind of open that up to you know, randos, which brings in concerns with itself. I would probably have to get a lot more policing going on in the discord. Sure. Yeah. Um, the idea that you have of there being a situation where literally you, you, you bring to light the fact that rare just has requirements for discord servers. They aren't investigating what these Alliance server or what these discord servers are about. And they're willing to promote any Discord server that meets the requirement if it's Sea of Thieves focused. So in this instance, I have to I have to kind of remind people that are listening that Rare wants you to play the game. They don't care how you play the game as long as you're not being a trash human being. And and I think that's what it kind of comes down to. And they're starting so, to crack down if you're being a trash human being. Unless I'm Hopefully, I really yes. overlooked it. I recently saw that report a player is now on their top one of the drop downs from the top menu of their site. Oh, interesting. Before I think it was like raise a ticket or something. 
Mm, yeah. They, yeah, and they like keep that. talking about it. They're really interested in getting rid of people who are going to be calling you the hard F word and sink you and call you trash and all that stuff. And yeah. I'm happy for it, boy. I, I, I don't think I've ever in my life reported anyone in a video game. I've blocked some people in Starcraft because in Starcraft, people have to message you like you're trash. You can just block them. You don't have to listen to them anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I've reported a few people in Sea of Thieves. Uh, because I can have that the Windows G functionality to record the last 30 seconds. And like, it sure feels really bad to be called those words. And if Rare's going to make such a push to sort of clean up the seas, then I guess I'll participate. Yeah, I, I, I really know that uh, as of recent events, um, Rare has really had to take a good hard look. And I know some of the CM team, and I know they work hard on trying to, to spend a lot of time on on the moderation tools that they have, as well as making sure that the language is clear about what's acceptable and what's not. So I know that this being their first game as a service, uh, they're they're still learning and they are still working hard to make sure that the that things are are safe for people. Um, <laughs> but Logan, haven't you heard? It's Sea of Thieves, not Sea of Friends. That's the rumor, but I don't know how. <laughs> honest that really no uh i i really appreciate the fact that they're trying to do this and yeah i i I wanted to to kind of shift uh focus because i wanted to talk about one of the other topics that you brought on that kind of brings into question the value of an alliance server so everyone's constantly saying that they want to have value to their stuff they they Mm -hmm. bought it when they could they earned it when they could um what cosmetics have we been getting in the game because (laughs) <laughs> to be perfectly honest, everything that I've had to earn, I've had to pull out my wallet to get. Mm. Am I wrong? Not very. I mean, you can spend your money on the black market and then you can earn a sale. Or if you're lucky, like this update two sales uh, by doing combinations and then paying a nominal fee. But yeah, if if you've already bought everything, the only thing left to buy is with that cash money all on that good old emporium yeah it's a it's a topic at large right now in the community unless i'm super narrowed in uh where are we getting the content and whether or not it's through right now it's been the black market and accommodations versus that emporium at first i didn't really feel it uh because and i and i i I bought everything uh Definitely before the beginning of this year. I don't remember exactly when. And and this wonderful, nice pace of an update a month, always something new to do, more stuff to get, felt really great. But after a while, you're like, oh, what's this month? It's just bug fixes. I, I shouldn't say that one. Actually, that that's in, that that's not in good faith because that bug fixes is because of the coronavirus. Or I'm sorry, you call it, uh, that bug fixes because of the the coconut fever. You can't blame them for that. And I, I really commend them for sticking to this this pace that they've stuck to, given this pandemic. I, I absolutely everyone should be giving them, and I would give them slack if they were like, "We're gonna we're gonna change. We're not gonna do monthly until you know we can start working back in in, in the same location." So all the slack to them in the world, and all the, the praise for the wonderful pace they've been able to keep up. So I shouldn't have said that. But what I mean is the other every content update you get just like these little these little drip feeds, and it. It don't feel great to not have anything to spend your money on except for your real money. I there is concern over 
any game that usually goes free to play, which this isn't, which why is this not? But anyway, because uh, they have that <laughs> in-game store, and 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 I really was quite pleasantly surprised to hear Rare when they first talk about the Emporium saying, "Listen, we're not going to do some of these really scumbag things that even even things that are just hey, it's just cosmetics," which was like something you could say to get an applause at an E3, which you shouldn't anymore. It was like, yeah, okay, that was. We're not mobile games are about all that does that. So cool. But there are scummy things you can do with only cosmetic stores that are really pretty darn horrible. So they're saying like, oh, we're not doing loot boxes. Oh, the we're not doing limited time stores where you get the FOMO. So you're going to have to buy it today because the store is going to change over tomorrow. They're not doing these things. It's really rather wonderful. If I can do a little jab at them. I think the month after they first introduced the Emporium, it was limited time skeleton pets that are going away this month. Kind of felt like a broken promise to me, but that's the only thing they've done it with. And they said, eventually this is going to get so big that maybe we'll have to rotate stuff out or figure out a way to manage so you don't have a thousand pages to scroll through. I think we all understand that as well. So so they've, they've done that in a, in a really reputable way, in my personal opinion. But there are some things that I saw some people sort of have umbrage with that i'd love to hear what you think about it because i really am not sure how to feel about it and that's they let you earn some of the cosmetics that are coming in the store it's been ship pieces the two times the blighted ship set and the shrouded ghost hunter set you earn three pieces and then you can buy the rest when it comes out the next update and i there's like a matter of perspective where you look at it and you say like oh wow instead of having to buy this i get some of it for free and then this perspective of like, oh, they're, give, they're giving me the first hit for free. So I'm like, well, I'm, I got to complete the set. So I would have spent $0 before, but now I'm going to spend 40 or whatever the price is to get the rest. Oh, look, they've even introduced a bundle that is just the set, the parts of the set that you would need. That's either very convenient from one perspective or sort of like a, 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 a disreputable way to sort of still get money out of me from another perspective. What's your perspective on that? You know. I I definitely think that if I'm going to have to spend money in the Pirate Emporium to get the really cool looking cosmetics, because I think that's the question is the cosmetics in the Pirate Emporium, if they're going to be earned with real money, you know, if you're going to buy these with actual cash, mm-hmm. they should be extravagant. They should be some of the most elaborate looking stuff. If I'm going to be spending actual money on it, I want to feel like no one else will get to look uh, like this naturally in the game. And I, the reason for that is, is just purely based on value, um, what I perceive to be you know, worth my money. Sure. When they came out with the opportunity to purchase uh, the rest of the Blighted set and the rest of the Shroud Hunter or uh, Shrouded Ghost Hunter set, I was actually happy to see that i wasn't going to have to piecemeal out those those portions of the cosmetic set at a higher price compared to the the cheaper Mm -hmm. bundle so if i had to spend money on it i'm glad that they're at least offering me the the bundle of stuff that i will have to get to to fill out the rest of that set so it makes sense at a cheaper cost than having to do it one at a time the the bigger concern i think is what you're touching on is should these even be in the pirate emporium 
should these not just be in the game for us to earn altogether? And that's where I run into a tough situation. Um, that's where I have to be honest with my spending habits and decide what's worth it, what's not worth it, what's something where I might be able to work with friends to say like, all right, well, I'm going to pick up the Shrouded Ghost Hunter set if you want to pick up the un, uh, the the Blighted set and kind of see like, okay, well, if we want these can we trade off with friends to see like do they want to pick it up this week or not now from a completionist perspective that's a non that that's not really an option you want to have all of them so trying to to fork mm. out 25 bucks each month for a, a full set of liveries is kind of a pain in the butt um for a game that you still had to purchase outright even at the reduced cost that it is now so if this game is still one of those games that you have to purchase outright to play, uh, not factoring in Game Pass, I think it's in Rare's best interest to reconsider the the, the content that's getting pushed out to the Emporium. Um, mm. I think emotes definitely are something that people like to buy, and they like to have a lot of them, and Rare's tried to facilitate the ability to have all of them uh, or a majority of them available to you so you can access them so you get value unlike the title system where you can only have one title uh it's clear that they value the money that's being spent on the emotes as opposed to earning in-game titles so it makes me wonder if some of the stuff did come to the game from the emporium would it get the support that say like emotes have uh will, will we ever have a time where we'll be able to have five different titles all in a giant long line uh under our name to to distinguish us from other rat catcher bearer of the reaper mark pirate legend sailors so i don't even know if i answered your question sorry no that's fine when tell me if you if you've seen the same thing as what i saw when the blighted set came out i saw most people take the perspective of cool i got to earn something instead of what would otherwise i would have had to buy and when the most recent shroud of ghost hunter set i almost almost exclusively saw the perspective of oh i had to buy some i have to buy something now that i should have been able to earn did you see that same dichotomy personally i did not i i'm actually hmm. in the mindset and, and i know a lot of people uh, are starting to feel the pinch and I, and I think that's kind of the bigger issue. Oh, so mm. a lot of people are starting to realize that. that this is a time where people want to support the, the, the studio, but this is a, also a time where a lot of people can't monetarily justify sure. consistently spending money every month for a new cosmetic mm -hmm, set. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind earning some of that to get a, a, a quote unquote discount because you're earning part of the set, uh, in game is a nice way to push people to the emporium and not force them to have to con consistently buy the new sets. Um, mm. I don't know in, I don't know how rare balances this, where they are still able to earn enough money off of the game to justify development for it. And if the money earned in game is, is justifying development for sea of thieves, or if part of that's being, uh, pushed out to the development for Everwild. Like, I don't know, is Microsoft fully producing 
Everwild mm -hmm. and all of that cost is is not factored into uh, development and upkeep for see if the use. I don't I don't know the numbers on that, but right. at what point does does the the Emporium purchasing drop off to where Sea of Thieves can't function as a as a uh, a game that that takes care of its own cost upkeep. Well, let me and, tell you something. You are. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you again. No, no, go ahead. Let me tell you something. You already know that they feed each other. There is new content in the game, so people come back to the game to see the new content in the Emporium. I'm not saying that is like a money grubbing Uncle Moneybags Monopoly man. Sorry, I'm like Monopoly man. That's what Rare is. I'm saying that's just the natural flow for this game to continue monetarily, uh, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You 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 come back because now there's an Ashen Lord, and look, the Emporium's been refreshed. If the Emporium was just refreshed with no updates, it would it would make less money. I cannot possibly see how it would make the same amount of money. So I, I'm I'm not so concerned. Long as there's continue to be updates, which there is, I think they're. It, it, it's sustaining, but you and I, of course, we, we don't know. We don't have access to the finances. We never will. The, you, you mentioned how there are like emotes. Uh, let me say this differently. You mentioned how you can get you. If there's something in the Emporium, you want it to be really good. And I see, I see a nice variety in the Emporium. I see like a set that is equivalent or, or comparable to a set you can buy without any accommodations, like the Banjo-Kazooie set, even, even with the collector sales and collector figurehead. And then there's things like the Blight set that's glowing, and it's more equivalent to some of the higher glowing sets. I think there's the variety in there. And then there's, there's stuff that's exclusive to the Emporium. You can't get emotes anywhere else or pets anywhere else than the Emporium. Aside from a few promotions where, oh, you know, the Summer of Sea of Thieves rewarded some emotes. And excuse me, things like that. Generally, you cannot get them, buy them in-game. You can only get them in the Emporium. And and, and to, to run the risk of tying my articulation of the problem with my articulation of the solution, which you shouldn't do, take them both at independent value. I really love the idea of what's in the Emporium is things that you can only get in the Emporium, categories that you can only get in the Emporium, pets, emotes, yada, yada, yada. And what you can earn in the game are their own categories. Like, oh, you, you can only get ship sets in the game for gold. And you can only get pets in the Emporium for doubloons. We're too late for that, though. They've already mixed the waters. And so now we have this, 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 this drudgery around. We're all mixed together. And you were talking about completionists. Oh, boy. When I first... This happens every game that... This happened with Heroes of the Storm where I tried to earn it, and then Heroes of Storm 2.0 came out, and there were so many cosmetics, I just knew I can't be a completionist with this anymore. I certainly can't earn it, and I'm not going to buy it. Uh, I remember my first ever experience. I was a young, just married man of 20, and foolishly, my first interaction with, with, with in-game purchases, uh, microtransactions, was Team Fortress 2. Great game. I, I must have spent, I think I spent, it's been a while since I, I actually looked at this number, thousand dollars on crates and keys because it was like gambling and we don't need to have this whole conversation about gambling you can determine that for yourself and plenty of people spoken to that but my point is here i'm because i was a completionist i'm like i want to get every every item here so i'm going to keep buying these sets and and I, oh boy 
to, 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 to put a button on that tangent before I go too far, I remember having like going to my wife and be like, I'm sorry, I spent a thousand dollars. I felt like a, an addict gambler, like I just spent a thousand dollars at the casino and I lost it all. Here, I, I have things to show for it, but they're all virtual dumb items that I don't play Team Fortress 2 anymore. It doesn't matter. So, when, when I, I've long learned the lesson of when, when the in game store comes to a game, the completionist does not continue into the store. I don't need to get every emote. I've met people on the Sea of Thieves who are like, hey, I have everything. I spent $500 on eBay to get the controller so I could have the ferryman set. I didn't even want the controller. I just needed to have the set. I don't even wear the set, but I just need to have everything. And they're also purchasing everything on the Emporium. I, I've, I've set a barrier. I don't go that far. I can't, I can't completionist onto the Emporium. And plus emotes things. I don't know how it's like with, with, with titles. Do you see a lot of emotes? I see some. I don't see people doing 30 emotes in a game. There's a lot of emotes you can, you can buy. Uh, but re- regardless of that, I think there, there is plenty of variety. Uh, I've lost the thread. This is, this is why I need editing in my own podcast because I've lost <laughs> the thread of my own thoughts. Uh, well, do, do you, uh, kind of touching on the idea of, of value in the Emporium, um, do you think because I've definitely noticed that the the quality of the sets, uh, you know, the more lavish sets have definitely come with experience. It, whoever's developing the the cosmetics for the Emporium, they've definitely learned from what they can and can't do and what they can mm-hmm. uh, build into the set. So, you know, when we look at the yes, at the yes. Joanna Dark one, that is that is not a good set. That is a very bland, mm-hmm. boring cosmetic sure. set. Um, but you look at the Conker's Bad Fur Day and it's lavish, it's colorful, mm-hmm. it has a lot of flavor to it. Sure. And um I I guess uh the, the yeah. biggest question here is is why aren't we getting more sets in the game? Um to kind I've of never seen so- I'm sorry, guys. We're doing this over Discord, so there's I keep interrupting, I apologize so hard. No, nah, you no, you've no. just cut to the heart of the matter with a scalpel. It's look how far they've come on these sets. We see it with like old sets don't even color the inside of the hull or even like the mast and newer sets do. Uh, why do we, we see all this, the stuff they learn, they're able to make such awesome sets and we're only really seeing them or seeing the, the larger amount of them in the Emporium and we're getting so few into the game. And what are we getting? We're getting a lot of recolors. We get new ones with accommodations, give us new things. And there's some new sets, like the rose sets, beautiful in the that we get in the black market. But a lot of the black markets recolors. That feels like next to no effort. We've known for a long time because of uh, uh, data mining that they've had recolors in the game for like two years since Frowned Spoils. I think it got data mined, and some of that stuff only recently got set out. And we're like, well, what has been so long? You really feel like we're getting the dregs, the no effort for our gold for actually playing the game what do you get what what do you get for playing the game you get gold what do we spend it on the recolors that you built two years ago but all the cool new stuff you're making with awesome modeling and, and you're, you're great employees you have this great talent we have to pay real money for it feels like a real kick in the gut it does not feel great i think maybe you really cut i think you articulated better than anyone else i've heard talk about this subject i think everyone's going to rally behind what you just said about that is the difference. We feel like there's no effort in the stuff we can get with the gold we earn. We feel like all the effort has gone into the stuff that we have to to shell out money for, and that kind of hurts. Yeah, it's a it's a topic that I think a lot of people are are really coming around to, and I'm hoping that 
I'm hoping that this will change sooner rather than later. Um, there's, there's a huge problem that I see with the way that Sea of Thieves has decided to do their cosmetic system. Um, they decided going against a color dye system in the fashion of hair uh, for their cosmetics, for, for pirates and for ships. And I really feel like that was the decision, the, the design decision that really, really impacted how we get cosmetics because it's no longer about um, the cosmetics that we get and what they look like because at this point, they are saving the color uh, swaps purely for the filler content through mm-hmm. the black market. And cut to the heart again, filler. That's the perfect word for it. It feels like filler. Continue. Yeah. Sorry, which is so good. Filler. Um, and I feel like if if we were playing in a system where you could pick the color of your cosmetics at any given time, similar to your underwear or similar to your hair, then the black market would be empty. And a lot of the content that would be in there would be the content that's in the Emporium. So they're deliberately making the decision not to implement a dye system for the current clothing cosmetics that we have Mm -hmm. because they need the content for the black market. And I think the Mm -hmm. rub here is is exactly what you stated, that people are not finding the value in in, in playing the game for what they're able to purchase. Nobody wants to purchase the recolors of stuff because they have the colors that were the meaningful earned colors for the content that came out in the first year. Boy there, pirates. Just wanted to let you guys know about something that's going on with Keelhauled Podcast. I am kicking up a Patreon. This is going to be my first uh, dive into this type of a program. I don't do it for any other stuff that I do. Uh, but because I'm making content for you, I'm hoping that there's a chance that you might consider supporting me. Um, I've got it started out uh, at the, the lowest entry, which is a, a sailor where you'll get ad-free content, uh, the podcast, and remove any of the the ads out of it so you won't have to worry about that. That starts at $3 a month. Uh, other tiers include the Crow's Nest at 5 uh, where you'll get the ad-free content, and I'll call you out on the show. There's even a captain and a gold hoarder tier uh, that have additional benefits to the Discord uh, community as well as the the Patreon with the ad-free content. Um, other than that, I wanted to let you guys know about uh, one of our sponsors that's actually Green Man Gaming. Uh, through the affiliate link in the show notes, you can actually head over to there like you normally would to pick up any kind of uh, content that you would for stream or for a, a Steam content. Um, you can also pick it up uh, for like the the Rockstar like Rockstar content right now is on sale for forty percent off on most games up to seventy five percent. Private divisions have having a, a sale for up to 56%. So if you like Outer Worlds, it's a good way to pick up uh, the Epic version of the game for cheaper than what Epic is going to sell it. So head over to the show notes for the affiliate link. Uh, head over to the show notes for the Patreon link. And if you don't want to hear ads and you want to support me, that's a great way to do it. If not, hopefully this helps you guys out with uh, some ways to save some money on games. Let's not... Uh, confuse anything here. There are recolors that are great. I, I, I was not around to earn the Bone Crusher set. I was able to get it now because of recolor. I'm very happy about that. I, along with a lot of people, are like, we need the Wailing Barnacle recolor. It's going to look so cool because the base that you're going to be recoloring is just really cool. We want these things. things are going to be great. I think a lot of this will change with 
amount of stuff we're getting. When so much comes to the Emporium and so little comes to the game, that's where it really hurts. If they just bridged that gap and had more stuff, maybe they have to take two. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing my argument with my solution. If they take two months, say, or longer for each update, that way they can work on and put more stuff in the game at the trading post or the black market or wherever they put it. Um, add this equal amount that they put in the important each update that would feel a lot better that would at least that would solve i think some of my problems with it putting uh and still having the recolors because i do like a lot of the recolors and i'm happy to get them we just need we we need you to show that you care enough by putting some amount and i don't even want like the accommodation stuff to go away i like that there are cosmetics that you can earn through accommodations like we all like that i'm some of my new my new favorite sales to to go with my ghost ship set are those ghost captain sales that you earn from turning in 50 ghost captain skulls. I'm very happy I earned that and I use it all the time now. Love it. Glad it's there. Please keep putting those in. They're great to earn and show off. And I'm happy with all the cool the stuff in the Emporium is really cool. We just also need more content to spend our gold in at the same time. If they did that, all my all, I would have no complaints. I think the the big difference in in to to speak to what you're talking about with the with enjoying the recolors, uh, I think that's where I I have the 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 dissonance between what we have and what we're getting. Um, we could have the color die system, which would give us the ability to have cool recolors, and it would revitalize the the unique look between uh pirates who are running out there you know if you don't have the recolor then you just have the base set and everyone has the base set at the beginning of a console or a content launch uh it, it's it would make sense in my mind that if you don't if you if you give people the ability to change the color of the set that they have that'll that'll take care of um two things one having to have um unique uh unique slots in the the black market specifically for the new content you know you you could do away with all of that by just having uh new dyes introduced into the game and just have a system based around the the cosmetics being affected by the the die and instead of buying new cosmetics you're just buying new die sets that could apply to all cosmetics and you could have some fun stuff with that um it also drives innovation because right now uh, like like mentioned earlier, the stuff that we're getting in the black market, the recolor stuff, feels like filler content. And if you are trying to incentivize people to play the game who can't afford to buy the cool stuff in the Pirate Emporium, then not having filler content in there is going to push it's Rare to actually develop unique stuff, uh, unique cosmetic sets like the Rose set. And that's going to drive engagement more in my mind uh, than just having recolors and having the good stuff in the Emporium. Um, what did you think? I have an opportunity here to no longer knock down straw men. Now I can argue with you in person and really get kicked out of this podcast. No one's going to hear this. You're going to delete it all. Uh, I think having a die, and again, we're talking about solutions to take it separate from articulations of the problems. Having like just die clothing it's not as easy as like the underclothing where it's, it's, they can practically just take a scale, a color scale and change the underwear to change, say, you know, the, the crab set from, from the recolor that's in the Emporium. I forget the name of that crab set. And then the regular crab set, it's more than just, they shifted it red. 
there's like three different color tones and they change the three different ones to be three completely different things. If you're having rare put in this like color scale die system, it's, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. And I think I'm happier to have the hand touched. We've picked these three colors because that makes this set look really cool. Or if we see things different, like some things are like really, really different. We see the sword of the, uh, of the, the Inky Kraken sale, uh, Inky Kraken set is completely different than the, the sword of the Kraken set. It's not just different colors. It's got like a different uh, texture on it. Uh, I kind of, I actually kind of like the way they've introduced recolors, uh, implemented recolors. Like the, the insider set clothing and different things like that. It's just a recolor of the black flag and the aristocrat. But I, I, I'm doing insiders because I really love that set. I think it looks great, and I'm happy that they took the time to like. We're going to do purple and white. We're just not going to shift it from black, and now it's all red. So I'll I'll push back on that because uh, I I totally understand where you're coming from, where you like to have that curated approach to the curated. To, that's the word to the recolors. Um, and I and I want to say like part of this game is the cosmetics and the ingenuity between mixing up the different sets that you have, the different parts of cosmetics, whether it be liveries or clothing or uh, hair or, you know, curses and seeing the uniqueness uh, at the very beginning of the game, rare introduced their I, uh, IPG, their infinite pirate generator and the concept of being able to have uh, any multitude of a uh, type of pirate on the seas, you know, any combination of, thick, thin, tall, short, uh, scraggly, one-eyed, no teeth, old, young, and give players uh, a random role on that to, to be able to let them find their perfect combination of attributes and to lock those in to, to pick what their pirate's going to look like. They've gone against that mentality with the recolored system. They're saying, no, this is how we want the set to look like. And if you don't like this, then you can wait for this particular recolor set. Whereas a die system would bring in some of that creativity that you can only find with uh, a large base of players having tools, not rules, to their color system, to their, to their choices as what they want their pirate to look like. I've, it seems that we've we've gone back to the argument of intention. I mean, it's been what two and a half True. years. Things can change. They can have philosophies can change. Maybe they they wanted that every pirate looks different because we've got this random system. But if you're even with with talking about intended, yeah. But everyone could the the black dog set looks the same on everybody. It's all the black dog set. I don't think anything's changed. The philosophy wise. But, but we're, I think we're arguing over small potatoes right now. We're arguing over the implementation of, of the color system and how they do the recolors. I think we where our common ground is, is that we got to have more content. Respect us enough to more, put more content into the game that we can earn by playing the game as opposed to just cash throwing money at the game. Because we will feel more respected and it, and it'll, it feels a lot less scummy. And And Rares bought a lot of goodwill, and I don't know about you, but I I, I give them benefit of that, and I don't I don't want to believe that they're they're scummy corporate overlords that they care about their game and stuff, and it's harder to continue to believe that when we keep seeing being drip fed uh, these re- these these earnable rewards. The 
Something that's not brought up a lot here, and when it's brought up, I see people sort of get shouted down, and this is a thing that you already know because you've heard it in other things, is that there are people, I'm not telling you anything you, you haven't heard before, there's people who have more money than time, and people who have more time than money. Some guy who, who can, who's not going to be a completionist like you and me and spend an inordinate amount of time because he doesn't have a podcast, so he can't put that much time into a single game, would just rather spend the $20 a year and from putting his time at work or however much money and get the cool set instead of having to turn in 50 skeleton skulls, which, by the way, takes a lot of time. It's a grindy, grindy game. Oh, boy, I can't. Their philosophy, super quick tangent, their philosophy here of, of having things, the combinations be so large. Like, hey, we were, you know, 240 wins in Arena. You're right. It is too much. Let's bring it down to 100. Mm, no. 240 is better. We're bumping it back up to 240. You know that that turning 50 fish in for the Legend of the Deep or whatever it's called was a mistake. That was meant to be 500. Someone put in 50 and now it's too late. Boy, they really want to spend a lot of time in this game and you cannot take away that people. Some, a lot of people just have more money than time and they would rather mm -hmm. just buy a cool thing than have to spend so much time sinking 50 ghost fleets to get a single sale. So at the end of the day, it feels like what what we're asking from Rare is exactly what you said. Respect respect us to be able to make the decision on what we want and give us options in both spectrums. Let us be able to buy cool cosmetics from the Pirate Emporium, but don't neglect adventure because you 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 want people to get driven to the Pirate Emporium, you know. And and I guess that comes down to at this point. I have to say it has to come down to money. And as much as I love rare, I, I can only spend so much and I'm kind mm -hmm. of hoping that soon. And, and, you know, who knows, this could all change in the next two, three months. So we, they, you know, we've been talking about it here. This is a conversation that's been going on in other places that I can't mm -hmm. talk about for a while. And rare has consistently done the one thing that I think both of us can agree to is, is try to keep an ear to the community and, and hear our feedback, uh, vocal or not, and try to, to do things to help try and make sure that we're, we're constantly content, I guess would be a good way. Not obviously mm -hmm. not everyone can be, but no, sure, uh, sure. they try to try to appeal to the, the, the mass market and, and make sure, I mean, obviously the last six months of patch notes have had some some addressment of the the uh, hit registration bugs that have been going on with the game but i mean let's be honest that's been something that's been going on since day one so it it's just good gameplay design it you earn gold in a mmo because you have things to spend it on you earn different resources because you can use them for a purpose to build armor or whatever the thing is for here, we earn gold for what reason? If you have, if you bought everything, there is no reason. There is never, in an MMO, there's never, there's no more reason to spend gold. You may have more gold than you, than you ever need to worry about getting more, but you're still spending it. And uh, a game like freaking Diablo. Uh, I've, I've only talked about Blizzard games here, guys. I do play other games. I played Halo. Now, uh, it gives you a lot of money. Uh, right now, like, you remember, guys, recall back what Logan said earlier when he joined his friend to turn and he said, I didn't need the, the, the gold. Wh why does he still play the game? Oh, I still need to kill 
the Ashen Lord 20 times, turn in 20 skulls to get this commendation. The gameplay loop is fun, and he's still doing certain things because they are earning him progress towards something, a reward for his action that he can actually use. He's not going out dooming Ashen Athenas anymore because there is no reward for him to get that, but he is still, I don't know, say sinking ghost ships. You can correct me if you're not, or doing whatever for working towards accommodations you don't have yet because you unlock sales or something with that. So that's great. And that's why we come back. But I didn't play much of this update because the only the only thing you get was those sales. And I wasn't interested in those two sales. So I just didn't play much of this update. I played a lot of last update because I really wanted those sales. If mm-hmm. I just still needed to, if there were still things to spend my money on, you darn two and I would have played this update to get more gold. And I would have done any number of things, not just the thing for this most recent update to get the most recent commendation. I would have done whatever happened to get more gold to spend it. That's just good gameplay design. Right now, they're floating off of there's a new thing each month which will keep us our attention span, and you can earn something for it. That loop won't go on forever. You've got to really embrace the fullness of your game loop and give us something as a reward for doing anything in your game to getting the gold. You've you've talked about, uh, by the way, uh, 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 the black market and how strange it is that stuff's there instead of the regular stores. Were you as annoyed as I was when Lorena came in and was like, yeah, I kicked Duke out because what's this? He was like becoming just another shop. Isn't that ridiculous? By the way, the black market's still here and we're still going to come out with new stuff. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, that is a. That would have been the perfect time. It makes no sense. Lorena seemed cool to me. She was like, yeah, I don't need to be a pirate legend. When she said that, I was like, yeah, I should never become pirate legend. That is cool. Psh, I don't need you and your pirate legend stuff. You can keep it. Ha, huh? so good for you. That doesn't, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm like, oh, that's epic. And then she totally went downhill for me when she was that hypocritical. of I kicked him out because he had a store. By the way, I still have the store. Yeah. And I, I think that's, uh, I, I'll be honest. I think that that's going to be something that really needs to get addressed soon because uh as much as i appreciate the function that duke the dark lord and lorena pose it's it's a place right at the beginning of the spawn where you can find out exactly what's going on with the new content mm-hmm. i really had a, a problem with the fact that she's like yeah i i didn't approve of how duke was running a store on the backside and you know, working with the, the, the companies to, to try and get content and whatnot. And, I, and then she still has mm-hmm. the shop and I'm like, mm-hmm. why does she have the shop if that's why mm-hmm. Duke's gone? Yeah. So I'm hoping that this is kind of the, that in between awkward phase of trying to grow your hair out where it's like, yeah, it's kind of ugly, but I have to, because this is how ah, I get so nice long hair. And I'm hoping that we'll get to a point where we have things like I've talked about it in the past where I want like a bulletin board where people go to to pick up voyages for the current event. And I want sure, the sure. tavern keep to be the point of interaction where she calls you over to tell you what she overheard. Well, don't worry, the- Logan. They've added mysterious notes in this new update. By the way, patch notes. It's not working. It'll be introduced next update. I think they're refreshing it. Um, if, Wait, if what I, does that mean? You cannot just say <laughs> we've released something. By the way, we're not releasing until next update. You didn't release it. It's not there. <laughs> it's hard to have a release date for uh, or, or uh, a, a delay for an unreleased game. Um, 
I, I really liked your guys' idea. I forget which guest you had on, but you, you floated by the idea of uh, Duke becoming like a really high-end late-game store, kind of like I think Athena is, like mm-hmm. half a million to buy one piece of the ship set. Uh, I like that idea. I mean, since you already have Athena, why not have it down there? But I could see how, well, if it's going to be other things that are not Athena, make it another store. Uh, I think that's a really great idea, though I still think the solution is just normal stuff, just lots and lots of it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it was an interesting prospect by Falcor, and I disagreed <laughs> with him on the premise that I want Duke the Dark Lord to be an endgame boss, not a vendor. So <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see who wins in that in that argument. Listen, um, our rare, our solution is just make more. Just do what you're doing, but more of it faster. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> my name is Mr. Entitlement. <laughs> right. Uh, my, fr- my friend will kick me in the pants if I don't mention this. In the Emporium, you can buy a high emote for free, but there are other high emotes that are not for free. And he's like, I'm a very big character. I would rather lie down, but I have to pay money for the lie down high emote. That don't feel so good. So if we're talking about purely cosmetic stuff, that's one thing. It's kind of not purely cosmetic. Well, that that comes to, that comes back to the uh, to the idea of intent, right? Like, did did rare if they gave us the free hide emote, uh, they their intention was to promote hiding. They they like the concept. They like the idea of being able to to tuck on ships, but then they're gating it with the Emporium emotes that may function better for that so mm-hmm. are, do they want us to do that or do they want us to do that to the point where we have to spend money on it um mm-hmm. are they actually supporting it or are they just putting it behind a paywall because they know it's popular right now mm-hmm. but that's that's my that's my tinfoil hat thought of the of the night um there was one well, the truth topic- is they put it there just to draw eyes to the black they could have just added to everyone's account, but they want you to go to the Emporium to, to so you, you have to scroll by other things. It's the reason people put stuff in the windows of their stores. True, true. And I don't feel bad about it. I mean, that's just a business tactic. I'm not mad at them for it. And if that's but, the case, I still question why they don't have all of the, the previous charity sales uh, in, the, in the Emporium when they have a new uh, charity sale for, up for purchase. I'll tell you um, the answer for that. Legal. Legal? Hmm. It's got to be legal stuff. There's got to be so much red tape for doing charity stuff that doing it all year makes it tough. That's fair. It's, it I, can't be as easy as just turning, pressing a button. I mean, it could be whether that's legal. That's, that's the route. That's what you're getting to, but they could easily hit that button. They just don't want to deal with the legal ramifications in this instance. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, I know it, it just, it kills me every time, every time uh, I, I like someone sees the the valiant dawn sales and they're like cool what are those and they're like oh they were a charity sale that we had going on earlier this year and they're like oh sweet i'm gonna go buy those yeah about that uh are you saying logan that it sucks to see somebody have i don't know i'll just call it a limited time cosmetic and you not being able to get it yourself uh no because i have all the limited time cosmetics All right. Well, that just skips one third of my notes here. We'll just move on to, I guess, the the outro. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you did have one. Uh, you did have one more topic that you wanted to dive into. So, uh, what 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 was the other one that you wanted to to jump in? Limited time cosmetics. We can't talk about hotly debated topics in the Sea of Thieves com- in the Sea of Thieves community. Uh, and not mention limited time cosmetics. 
stuff that came out when you weren't playing or when you were playing, but you didn't earn it quick enough before the update was over and wah, wah, it can't have it anymore. This one, I have a little bit less sympathy for than the other stuff we've talked about because I, mm, are you really going to side in, in, in current year? Are you really going to side with the 1% haves against the 99% have nots? Is that really where you're going to stake your flag? Oh, I'm part of the 1% that have the thing, but I don't want the 99% to have the thing too. I want to keep it all to myself. Mm, I'm probably not going to side with that guy. Well, it's it's a point of pride. It's a point of uh, value for and and my thoughts aside, this is this is just me posing the the sure. the opposition here. Um, I I definitely see the pride in having my day one patch, uh, in having my, uh, launch crew eye of reach. And that's, those are two things that I think are the, probably the most valued in my collection because it, it proves that, you know, anyone can buy a pre-order code if there's one out there, but only I am, was able to earn the launch, the day one eye patch and get the launch crew eye of reach because I, I saw the potential in the game. I saw the the allure. I saw the draw, and I and I was there from day one, prior to day one, and wanted to support the game. And my point of pride, which is let's be honest, pride, it is a sin that I feel this way uh-huh. uh, to flaunt that in front of other people who don't have that, and that is a purely greed intent for me to want to walk around with those items and be like, yeah, I got these. You can't have them. I'm proud of my, uh, my devotion to this game since day one. And I find the value in that because it makes me feel good about the decisions I made when mm-hmm. the game first came out. Boy, I, I wish I felt good about the decisions I've made. <laughs> What's that like? Uh, it's it's full of uh resentment and uh a lot of mm. a lot of self-deprecation in the mirror. Um uh, okay. Okay, so not so different. No, no. Uh it, it and I got to be honest, it really does come down to the fact that it's a it's an issue of pride, it's an issue of greed. Um we want to mm. feel like we are making the right decision at the time that we worked hard to get it and that there's a reason why we should have these and other people shouldn't because it's it's a situation where if given the decision, would you have done the same thing in my shoes? Um, and if so, how would you feel now if someone tried to take that away from you or make it less special? Well, I would argue that it doesn't make it less special. Oh, was having two and a half years of exclusivity not special enough for you? It doesn't retroactively take that away to let somebody else experience it now. Also, don't you run into people who have it? Do you hate it? When you, oh, do you have the day one eye patch? Oh, oh, I'm taking mine off. No, it's actually a sense of uh, camaraderie because I, I recognize their OGness. And, I'm, and I think to myself, ah, I see you, sir. You have that brave vanguard. Kudos. <laughs> I see you also have the monocle of the 1%. Very good. Yes. I'm being um, facetious, by the way. I don't yeah. really, I'm not, really don't think you're like, 
a horrible one percenter. And also, I think your day one eye patch is wildly different from, say, the Wailing Barnacle Hull. One is I was there at the very start, and one was I just happened to be there in October or November, whenever it was. It's it's an interesting slippery slope to dive into because it, it, if you if you say that some time limited cosmetics for content releases uh, are made available again, honestly, I'm I'm I have a specific way that my pirate looks. He's looked that way for quite a long time, and mm-hmm. I haven't really changed him. Even though I've gone out to purchase the the new cosmetics, I'll wear them for a little bit, but generally I'll go sure. back to what I usually wear. <laughs> destroying our own argument we want more in-game cosmetics i will however wear the same thing i've worn for two years it's very true um uh it's it's tough because it's you want to have you know you want to have your cake and eat it too um and at the end of the day uh when it comes to limited time cosmetics you're right when i see another person with uh with with a day one eye patch or a launch crew eye of reach um, I don't get flustered about that. And that's been my perspective since the game came out. If other people have the same, like I'm used to content drops where everyone wears the same thing because it's the the new hotness. And that's the the much interesting, more wailing barnacle set that everyone has at the moment. And then eventually mm-hmm. people will change, change what they look like uh, until they find what they're comfortable with. Um, as far as cosmetics coming back that were previously time limited, if it, if they implemented it in a way that brought back the actual content uh, event, like the ability to earn them again by completing the same event that was originally out uh, at the time of launch, a way to try and revitalize the the the, the ceremony, the the the, the zeitgeist yeah. that happened around that event, I would totally be okay with all of the. Co- I mean, I'm okay with the cosmetics coming back regardless, but I would love for them to take the opportunity to develop around. Uh-huh them coming back by celebrating the original event that introduced them. You've heard me say a couple times to separate the argument with the solution because the solution can be bad, but the argument can still be sound. I'm reverse. I'm we're doing this reverse now where I'm going to give my solution before I really dive deep into the argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's, it's really interesting to hear you say that because I had thought, and I, I wanted to hear your take on this because I wasn't there for a lot of the updates. So I don't know how viable this is, but I thought it'd be cool to have like tall tales implemented using the tall tale system for old updates there's the hungering deep tall tale and the reward for doing it is i forget what the drum and the trumpet and maybe the uh, a tattoo set i think there was maybe there mm-hmm. were scars i don't i don't i don't particularly remember uh how do you feel about that solution making part of the tall tale and the bigger question is it can that be done with with more than that update or is that really like the only update that had any story the so the hungering deep um could be done feasibly as a tall tale. You would have to rework it because Merrick is no longer on what is now Reaper's Hideout uh, or over at Sharkbait uh, Cove where he was residing um, to initiate the fight. Uh, him being over at Steven's Spoils would actually make the tall tale a little bit easier, but it would definitely be a little heavier because it's uh, originally happened in the ancient isles, which means that everything would, would happen in the ancient isles, very similar to how most people do the first tall tale as well as the cursed rogue and um, mm-hmm. a, a couple other ones and i i kind of hate that that the ancient isles is like the go-to to start out most of the tall tales the huh. um 
the curse sales one, I really, I really miss that one because it was a special time in the game where all of the outposts had changed. We had just, as a result of the skeletons invading the outposts, they put up their challenge and there were times that you had to go out and actually fight these skeleton fleets. Um, since then, they've moved the fleets to the interior of the seas and uh, have, yeah. have drastically changed those encounters altogether. But I, I don't know how, un unless they change the way that the engineering of the servers work, where you would be able to have um, fleets up at the same time as another event, it would be tough to figure out how they could make the tall tales uh, okay. an event in the world that, and the same thing with megalodons uh, aside, because those can exist during an event as well too. Sure. Um, skeleton fleets uh, would have to be something that could be initiated by people uh, through the tall tale. So those would have to probably be taken out of the rotation of world events, which would extremely hinder some of the cosmetics that have come as a result of the skeleton fleets being a persistent world event uh say like athena's fortune being able to sink 500 ships to earn the cannons um so that would be that would be a tough thing because they would have to either remain a world event and a tall tale or be a tall tale and people would have to spawn the tall tale to be able to fight the skeleton fleets um i don't think that there's a bad solution in either of those uh in either of those two options obviously with ghost fleets we have flameheart still out and about as uh ghost fleets That's that you point. can encounter and you can summon ghost fleets as a as an order of souls voyage so the right. the precedent is set it's just a, a a way of building a tall tale around that and to get to to your your question if they did something like the tall tales for special events for like the hungering deep and for the cursed sails and for the forsaken shores, I think that would be a great way to try and introduce not only what was experienced at the time, but also the lore that was uh, crafted during those events. No one goes to Wanda's hideout anymore or finds Wanda's uh, journals for the sake of, of, you know, trying to do it because they think it'll be cool to check it out but if there was a tall tale that was crafted around mm -hmm. those those elements in the world um same thing with the bilge rat adventures that are defunct uh you know having the the skeleton thrones as part of the uh summer of sea of thieves thing to try and try and draw attention to the fact that those el those elements are still in the game for some reason mm -hmm. um building out the tall tale system to reinvigorate those past content drops i think would be a great way to reintroduce the cosmetics that were previously time limited because time limited was just an engagement driver it wasn't a a privilege it was just a reason to get people to play the game i would love to experience those events and so to have any any way to do that cosmetics be darned uh would, would be fun i would love to to have those experiences but we've we've introduced. Um, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I wasn't going to say. We've introduced before. the solution before we've really gotten too far into into what we see as the problem, or what some people see as the problem. And what I'm surprised I haven't heard you say yet is something I hear a lot, which is when people talk about people getting, oh, well, now everyone's going to run around with Merrick's trumpet, and they say, well, I when I look at this trumpet, people see this trumpet, they go, hey, where'd you get that? And I get to tell them a story about how whatever happened. 
and another straw man Caleb's about to beat up. I've never seen that actually happen. Whenever somebody's like, oh, where'd you get that trumpet? And you go, oh, I got it from doing a thing, you know, near the launch of the game. People go, oh, oh, so where can I get it? Oh, you can't. Oh, that's the end of the conversation I've ever seen. Anecdotal, to be sure. But I don't know how much it's, uh, people are really like, ooh, tell me the story about how you got the, the, the glowing cutlass. And also, what story are you telling? I happen to have logged on on this date. So I could buy it from Duke with doubloons I earned by doing accommodations, which, by the way, you can do right now. What a thrilling tale! Yeah, <laughs> I it's it's I don't run into that too much. I don't think I've ever told the tale of how I got the hungering deep stuff. Um, it, it was personal. It it affected me and a small number of people that I played with in the experience that I had as uh, similar to uh, the experience other people had. It meant be a lot to me because of the people that I sailed with at the time. And guess Many what? You- me also getting the trumpet doesn't take that away from you. You get to still hold on to that experience and fun that you had. True. And that's generally my argument to other people when we talk about these things. Uh, so it's hard for me to argue against it because I feel the same way. It's one of those things where um, if I had something that was unique to uh, to how I got it, you know, if I if I got it when it was time limited, but then it was reintroduced in the game through a tall tale, I would love the opportunity. And maybe this is just the community builder perspective that I have in my mind where I value people in engaging with the game to to ensure that the game is staying healthy. Um, I would love to be able to tell people like, hey, if you think this is cool, you can get it, uh, but you have to go do this tall tale if mm. you want um this title you're gonna have to go do the the main voyage or if you want to find out more about how to get the glowy lightsaber you're gonna have to go do sea bound soul um those are in the game and they're no different uh than other time limited content the only difference is is that some people did it at the time and some people can do it now but at the time it was time limited because only a certain number of people had actually done it uh and and that mentality behind being able to get it and being able to not get it is such a it's it's tough because I feel like it's a weak argument in my mind because I don't I don't value the reason why or you know I don't value when I got things I value how I got things with the people that I got them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it doesn't hearing someone else's take on it is it's I'm trying to think of a good analogy it's essentially how I'm going to play cyberpunk or how I play breath of the wild okay. how I played breath of the wild is vastly different to how people that I that I was talking to at the time played Breath of the Wild in most aspects. But it's a unique experience, even though we all played the same game. And sure. I, f- I feel Cyberpunk will be the same way. And I feel, like, I feel like Sea of Thieves is the same way. Everyone's going out, they're dropping a voyage, or they're getting on a ship, and they're sailing around, and they, and they shoot cannons, and they fire, they kill skeletons, and they shoot monsters. And at the end of the day, we, we turn in our goal, or we turn in our, our loot and get get rewards for it everyone does that and it, it it the only difference is the conversations that were had along the way and i feel the same way about cosmetics the conversations behind the time limited cosmetics are just different from the from the conversations that are being had from the non time limited cosmetics that can still be earned and i hope that people have those conversations when they earn those cosmetics time hmm. limited or not 
we can't ignore that it's it's the law of the land. It's it's the practice. Many 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 games. The what is maybe now the second or third most popular game, but it was the most popular game for a very long time. Fortnite has. If you didn't earn this thing in season, then you don't have any more. And only if you see somebody wearing the Black Knight outfit, you know, oh, they played in season one and got to the final, the final tier and unlocked it. This isn't an an uncommon practice. So maybe maybe I don't know if I want to call us minorities, but we're certain certainly that's on the side of that's 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 on the other side of our argument here. By the way, small anecdote: I just recently played another playthrough of Breath of the Wild, and this time I was like, I am not. I'm doing a one death run. And I'm not going to use teleports because when I first played the game, I'm like, oh, this is I'm getting real Princess Mononoke vibes in here. I'm going to grab an elk. I'm going to, you know, uh, walk into villages, really explore, really role play like I wanted to do with Sea of Thieves. And then just like with Sea of Thieves, I'm like, mm, I'm going to completionist, though. I found myself like, OK, but if I do this next, I'll get Mifa's Grace. And then I know where I can get upgrade this outfit. Oh, oh, nope. I ruined it for myself again. There, I did it again. <laughs> uh, but it was fun to play it that way. I wish I had played it that way the first time. Um, do you remember earlier this year on the two year anniversary, they, uh, they, they had like, I think it was once a month. They let you do some things to earn a limited time cosmetic. I think it was the drum, um, the, the, a sail from the, uh, the, the skeleton ship set, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and the, the glowing saber. I don't know if there was another one. Uh, what do you think about that method of, of reintroducing uh, limited time cosmetics? I know they got a lot of blowback from it. I wonder if it was enough that they wouldn't do it again. I would, if that's the way that we got old limited time cosmetics back, yeah, you get them. People who were there, they got all of them at that time, and they've had it for years, and they'll continue to have it. You, since you weren't there, you're only going to get one a year. It's going to take you a lot longer. That way, you still have that value and that worth of having been there originally but people who weren't there could still have a method of earn it even though it's spread over years i don't like it um Hmm. and and not for the reasons that people are getting cosmetics that were previously time limited um i dislike it because it didn't feel like the full experience it didn't feel like Ah. the the same feelings that i felt when i first did those events and when they brought back those those commemorative weeks where they kind of kind of recognized that these were past events i was hopeful that we would be doing something akin to what we did originally during those events because it was exciting Mm. it was fresh it was unique and while we can't necessarily replicate that in the same fashion we can have a semblance that's close enough to justify the reintroduction of all of the cosmetics for those time limited events to me it's no different than having classic wow and vanilla wow I will never forget how I felt playing Vanilla WoW and diving into classic felt so familiar that it sated my desire to be in a time when I recall trying to figure out how to play an MMO for the first time back in 2004. And I got my fill of it and it was enough and I and I went back to retail and continued playing how I normally play. But mm-hmm. with Sea of Thieves having the weekly anniversaries of the original content drops, it wasn't widely advertised it wasn't uh displayed in game it was all done through the website so not many players actually found out Mm -hmm. about it and if they did get something for it it was kind of like a wait what did i do to get that that's weird how come this happened 
Mm. And it wasn't like an actual celebration of the event. So if yeah, they stuff were to you do this, done anyway. Oh, I sang, I killed the Megalodon. I would have done that anyway. Yeah. If, if they were to do something like this, I would prefer it if they actually leaned heavy into it, decided to replicate these in a fashion that really kind of celebrated the, the original roadmap, the thing that they never want to speak about again and, and gave, gave us a reason to say like, Hey, you know, I have met a lot of great pirates on the seas that have come to the game later than the first year. And I want them to have the experience with me, uh, of going out and, and summoning the, the hungering one and defeating the hungering one and having it be a real fight, having it to be a multi-crew fight, mm. uh, you know, unless you're, unless you're beard again. And being able to capitalize on that nostalgia for the first year sure. and giving other people a, a, a sense of it. Like <sighs> anecdotally, Destiny 2 right now is having the Halloween event. And just recently they had the uh, honoring event. And these are events that have been in the game for a long time. And most of the people that have been in that game dedicated to it are moaning and groaning about how it's no different how they're just adding new cosmetics and opening up the past content and it's boring and it's meanwhile i've owned this game since it came out i've never really dove into it until july and i am loving these new events because they're new to me they're fresh mm -hmm. to me and i get to experience something for the first time and i get i get to have the the opportunity to have experienced people guide me on what I should and shouldn't do, the things that they've learned. And while they may not necessarily play the event because it's old hat to them, it's fresh enough for me to be excited, to be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I didn't know that this was in this game. I didn't know that this was what went on during Halloween in Destiny 2. It's awesome. Likewise with Sea of Thieves, they try to, they try to do some of the, the, the year-round events a little bit different than they were in the past so that it's fresh for everyone but it it cuts out some of that that joy of uh going around and figuring out how to do the lanterns and the beacons you know if, unless you were here in year one for festival of the lanterns you know understanding why the beacons are out there is a little tough unless you dive into the the commendations so to kind of round it out um i don't care if we get time limited cosmetics back in the game somehow but if they do do that I want it to be a celebration. I don't want it to be uh, just something that they toss into the game for whatever reason. Man, I find it so interesting that your whole, the whole warp and woof of your conversation here has been about the experience, not about the limited time cosmetics. Whereas things I've said here is really like a us and them I, I'm changing no minds. I'm just articulating people who agree with my opinion's opinion, and it's not going to change the mind of people who don't agree and have the other opinion. I think your what you have said here really is, I think, the compromise that really will connect people and addresses everyone's concerns. The idea of you're not just earning the, the cosmetics. That's not the root here. The root is you're getting to re-experience it. And if you get to re-experience it, then you have also earned the cosmetics and maybe i as somebody who has them don't feel quite as bad about you having them now because you also earned them in an experiential way as i did and let me tell you something you already know to borrow a returning phrase don't try and this is for everyone don't try to recreate memories uh when vanilla warcraft to, to use your example came out 
it gave you an opportunity to relive some of the glory days, to, to reconnect with old friends and forge new memories, do new things. You're not going to have the same experience doing that dungeon as you, as you had before. C.S. Lewis, he had his whole thing about rem- the memory of an experience was part of the experience. And I think that's such an important thing to remember. You can ruin memories by trying to recreate them, savor them, build new ones. They can be similar. You can still, I like skiing. You can still go skiing. <laughs> well, the, the detriment to you and I here is that Rare seems to agree with the other perspective of keeping limited time cosmetics limited because their way of introducing them back is reskins. Here, you cannot get the orange blunderbuss, glowing blunderbuss, forsaken blunderbuss, I think it's called, again. But you might be able to get the recolor. Strangely enough, though, the only recolor we have seen has been of the Bone Crusher set. And the ship set was not a recolor, it was completely different. I thought that was an interesting decision because mm. I would love to see a recolor of the Wailing Barnacle just because the, the texture of that would be beautiful, I think, in different colors and different hues. But is it going to be completely different like they did with the Bone Crusher? Here's where my years of playing the game have failed me because I could have sworn if anyone had asked that they had actually released a recolor of the Wailing Barnacle set. And I am struggling now to it, it is literally a Nelson Mandela effect where I can see it in my head. But you saying it makes me feel like it didn't actually happen. I, that's crazy. It, it's possible it was part of the data mine. I looked at that data mine and I don't recall seeing a whaling barnacle recolor, but maybe it was there and that's where you saw it. It's possible. It's been since January, I think 2019, since I dove into those data mines. Um, I'm trying to think. I really can't. I really do think I just made that up in my head. <laughs> um, I'm certain the only thing we've seen recolor wise of limited time stuff is just the 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 bone crusher. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, say that you're probably right in that aspect and and kind of trust that you you've been paying attention to it more than I have because I just go in and I buy them all and then I never touch sure. them. Sure, uh, <laughs> totally I'm, I'm the kind of guy where I don't mix and match, which people do and they look great. I'm just always like, oh, do I have the Athena ship set on that I'm going to wear the Athena clothes? I'm going to have all the Athena equipment. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess at this point, was there were there any other hotbed topics that you wanted to dive into? How do you feel about you know hit registration? Do you feel like skeletons <laughs> still are too aim body? Uh, I mean, <laughs> trying to think, is there anything else? Um, should should we be able to uh, kill our own crewmates? Honestly, I just want to be able to duel. Uh, but w- was there anything off the top of your head that you wanted to dive into in the last remaining minutes? Yeah. The most important thing is, and I think we can all come together here, is get rid of the brig and the sloop and put a bed there. I think that's, I say this topic for last. I think it's, you know, the most contentious. <laughs> no, uh, I, I do have, and this is something that uh, if, if, you, if you edit things out, you can edit this out. I'll speak to it. And then if you don't think it should go in, that's fine. Is that mm-hmm. cool? Yeah. I, I, I have a thought that I just wanted to, to get out there is that rare has their insider program and it is under NDA. And I think there are some things that are happening on the insider program that are, are discussed saying those forms that you can see happening 
in the game plan in the patch notes that we can't talk about that if we could would be a benefit to our community. One is that it would reveal, and I know I'm leading with the thing that's going to make Rare go absolutely not. It would reveal some scummy practices that Rare is doing that we cannot call them out on because if to call them out, I have to talk about stuff that's under a non-disclosure agreement. So I just can't do it. Uh, to, to, to give Rare the olive branch, there are things that you people who are not in the insiders program will not get to see a certain perspective where some things will happen and you'll go what this is awful how could rare do this and what you don't see is well you're not seeing the perspective rare is actually doing something very very reputable and very uh, uh um honorable here that you're not seeing because you don't get to see what what was going to happen before the feedback and how they actually took our feedback and molded it into something much better. You're not going to see that. You're just going to see this and go, I can't believe Rare is doing this. And we can't go to bat for Rare because it's under an NDA. Uh, so I understand that you can't just get rid of the NDA, the what's the point of the insiders program, uh, to, to, to offer a suggestion, maybe, you know, say the NDA is a month long. So if content that was released a month ago or two months or six months, whatever the time is, some sort of time, a limited time cosmetic, a limited time NDA uh, might, might fix that problem. But I, it just sucks that there's just stuff we can't talk about that. I think the community sort of deserves to know. It's really hard for me to dance around this topic. Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um, because of conversations that I had and people that I respect that I had them with, mm -hmm. I agree with you. Um, but I understand the reasonings behind the NDA. I just don't agree with them. Mm. And as much as I love the people that I've talked to about this, uh, I really think that I really, really, truly believe that the betterment of the community, the growth that the community could have if some of the discussions in the Insider mm -hmm. um, were available to content creators to be able to discuss openly mm -hmm. with their communities, to let the communities decide better than a, than a handful of dedicated Insiders who are very, very particular about their opinions. Um, not to say that all are bad or good, just to say that they are definitely particular. And the amount of conversation that happens between the development team and the community that's on the forums, um, I feel like I feel like the NDA offers more to what the dev team can do than what it can do than what the community can do. Yeah. And it's much more of a reactive situation than a collaboration and i really i really hate that because rare has has many many times come out and stated that they want to have a conversation with the community about the game mm -hmm. and they want to make sure that they are addressing concerns um and getting yelled at's not a conversation yeah 
And and I and, and again, I don't want to speak specifically to anything that's going on in the NDA mm-hmm. uh, forums. We have it, and we won't, because uh, it's it's. <sighs> I'm trying to think of a way to to, <laughs> to talk around this. Um, there are things that I think the community should have input in, and mm-hmm. goes back to stressing the importance of playing on insider to the point where i have enough golden doubloons and cosmetics in adventure and i've been now bear in mind we're recording this on on the 11th of october so when this comes out uh i'll I'll, i may have actually made a decision about this but i don't stream sea of thieves quite as much and part of the reason is is because of the bugs that I've been dealing with. It's just frustrating to, to play adventure. And the reason why I feel like I've been wanting to stay away from Sea of Thieves on stream is because I'm considering playing specifically on insiders for an indefinite amount of time. Um, and the NDA prevents me from being able to stream any of that content or talk about it. But Due to the state of the game, uh, the conditions that are that we're dealing with, with uh, you know, we we joked about the bugs in the game earlier. I feel like my time would be better spent on insiders and giving them at least, if anything, passive data on the experiences that I have in the game, compared to the the reactiveness of what I'm dealing with in adventure. Wow, um, not the direction I thought you were. Going, I thought you were going to say you're considering stop playing on insiders. Completely opposite direction. I thought you were going to go. I feel like insiders needs to be where my time should be spent because if I if I want this game to be better, um, I need to be more proactive about it. I need to advocate mm. for the changes that are are being implemented in insiders. Sort of being and, an uplifting force for that particular community. Yeah, and and the the rub on that is because it, the, the biggest rub is that I won't. I won't be playing with friends as much because of the amount of time that I get to spend on Sea of Thieves. Um, I just won't be able to really justify spending that in adventure uh, with a couple exceptions. I feel like I want to spend more time on insiders, even though I know that the, that the, the, the gold and, and the cosmetics, none of that is going to transfer over. It kind of goes back to my acceptance of the Alliance server system where I won't earn any or private servers where I won't earn any cosmetics. I feel like I've done enough in adventure now where I'm willing to consider, um, I don't know if you'd call it retiring, but just stepping back and taking more of an advisory role by playing purely on insiders Mm. so that I can try and help build a better game from my perspective compared to just reacting to what we're getting in adventure and all of the the pros and cons that come with that so if, if, i don't know if i can give you my lowly advice you know take it or leave it i would i would always think twice about investing yourself in a lot of time to which you do not receive compensation for uh and and also, you know, maybe you do it for a time. We we talk, you feel a lot in the moment I've experienced in life where it feels like I just need to make this, I need to change this and this needs to be different. And you don't think about, you're going to, you're going to have that same feeling a month from now or X amount of time from now. And then, then you'll change. And at that point you'll be like, okay, I'm, 
it was great that I did just insiders for this amount of time, but now I feel like playing back in adventure mode again. It's it's never has to be a permanent change, and 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 you can really help yourself by not thinking of it that way. My two cents. True, and I, and I think that's kind of where I'm leaning to. I think I think you kind of nailed it. Is I I feel like at the moment, given the state of the game and the issues that I see with it, um, I think my time would be better spent helping kind of build up the the quality of what we're getting as opposed to just not playing the adventure as much because I'm frustrated of the issues that I'm running into. So going into it with a different mindset and thinking like, okay, well, if I'm going to play this game, I'm going to play this game to make the game better for everyone else and hope that my my involvement with the insider program will make the adventure mode that much more enjoyable so that people are less frustrated with the things that they're running into in the world. So mm-hmm. Until a time where we get to, say, Shrouded Spoils quality, where the game is in a really great state, it's stable, there's no bugs, and people can really enjoy just what makes this game so good. Uh, I think that's kind of where my mindset is at the moment. And, and if I may say, and, and you can chime in if you agree, I'm almost certain you will. You know, we're entering into the paradox today where well, first off, we set ourselves up by talking about hot topic issues, but we also, there's the paradox when you enjoy something, you find yourself talking about the things you don't enjoy about it more because that's the, that's a smaller thing to talk about. You can actually talk about that because it's, it's in a, it's a bite size that you can actually talk about. If I talked about everything I liked about something, it would take forever, but I can talk about the few things I don't like. It's a paradox well known and and we participate in it today. You wouldn't have a podcast if you didn't love this game. I, you wouldn't have had me on if I didn't enjoy this game. Uh, it's a wonderful game, and it's way easier to to sling. Oh, I think it to throw. We could be idea men, idea men all day. Ideas cost nothing, and the 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 effort Rare puts in to implement the ideas that they have, uh, I completely respect them. And and it's so easy for us to to, to tear down. Not that's exactly what we did, uh, but. It's a great game and much respect to Rare and all the effort they do developing. It's not easy, especially doing it in 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 a um, in an honorable way and not not partaking in a lot of the stuff that is mired in game development that I haven't seen them really partake in. It's a uh, really they're to be commended. I love this game and 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 any of the negative things I said about it. I hope you mean. I hope you understand. It's it's because I love a million things about this game and you know. In, in the future, I talk about this. I'll have to focus more on the positives. It's really a great game, and and I appreciate the guys there, rare and and I I I dread having to be them listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think a lot of them take it in stride, and with the understanding that you know they're at, at the heart of everything that we talk about. The reason why we try to give our ideas or give our our feedback is because we know that they're listening, and they wouldn't be. They wouldn't be the company they are, or we wouldn't, we probably wouldn't love this game as much if we didn't understand that going into this conversation. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's, it's true. I, I feel bad about the state of the game at, at, at its current state. I want it to be better. And I think that's why I'm, I'm considering focusing more on insider than I am on, on mm-hmm. retail. Um, but that's, that's because I know where this game can be and I want to. I want to continue to love this game and I, and to do that, I'm going to have to try and put some, some TNL, uh, uh, or wait, is that TNL? Is that the right, is it even the right thing to say? TLC? TLC. That's it. 
I don't know where I came up with TNL. That doesn't even make sense. Um, <laughs> tender and love. Put we'll some real tender that. love in this sucker. We're putting tender and <laughs> and love into this. Uh, no, yeah, some TLC into into. It's gonna be the name of my C at these podcasts. Tender and welcome love. to the Tender and Love podcast. <laughs> you need to have someone that's actually named Love as your co-host, though, and then you can just be tender. Um, but yeah, I I 100% agree with you. Um, if we didn't love the game as much as we did, we wouldn't want the game to have our feedback about the 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 few pain points that we run into it and try and build a bigger conversation around the community to try and be okay with the eventual changes that we'll get and how those are going to impact all of us. Um, mm-hmm. But Caleb, that's I'm I'm going to have to say we're we're going to run out of time unfortunately, but uh, it was a real pleasure to have you on. I, I appreciate you uh, hijacking the show and I congratulate you <laughs> on being the new host of it. So um, what's if that? I'm people... oh, sorry. Continue. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> Just say, oh, oh, what's that? You know, you don't you don't want to spend more than two hours with me. Has that not enough time? for you? <laughs> Uh, I would, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Honestly, I just have a, I, I have a, a prior commitment and I'm running low on coffee. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I'm shocked that you put up with me for this long guys. I committed the Cardinal podcasting sin, which is inviting yourself onto another person's podcast. Well, maybe the Cardinal sin is having bad audio quality, but the second Cardinal sin of inviting yourself on the guy's podcast, shout out to Danny D'Angelis for, uh, for being so kind when he spoke of me and, and shout out to you for uh, having me on. It was a real pleasure, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I really had yeah. a great time. No, me too. I, I really enjoyed it, and we'll, we'll have to get together uh, down the road when when things come around and, and we see some changes and we can maybe readdress some of these issues and laugh about how it was so silly of us to uh, to take these in stride and, and uh, think that they were a major issue in the long run. Uh, um, man, I would love that. Once again, for, for folks that are into D&D and love having good audio to listen to on their, their <laughs> normal commutes and stuff, um, where can people find your content? You can go to tblazer.net. That's the letter T for Trailblazers. Blazer.net. And there you have links to all our site. You can just search Trailblazers or Trailblazer Academy on any podcatcher and you'll find our shows. Uh, but, oh. you know, okay. Uh, where can where can people get a hold of you if they want to if they want to tell you why you're wrong about all the all the arguments that you pose today? Tblazernetwork at gmail.com. The email is also on the site. If you can't remember that, the letter T Blazer Network at gmail.com. And uh, Logan, if I can leave you with one thing, the most important thing to to leave here today with is uh, we should start off with more supplies. We do it in arena. Why can't we do it in adventure? Come on, Rare. You say you respect my time, but I'm over here starting with one banana, and I don't understand why you can't just give me some coconuts. I think he, I think he really walked away. Rare, we're going to... You have to save him. You think I'm over here spending two and a half years in your game, but I start out with five planks? One megalodon and I'm sunk. Rare, what are you doing? And uh, that'll that'll be our show. So uh, thanks all for joining me and uh, Caleb as we dive into the uh, the world of Sea of Thieves and um, supply issues. All right, pirates. That's going to do it for this episode. As always, uh, I appreciate you guys listening. This means a lot to me. So thank you so much. I know it was a long episode, and if you made it this far. 
I especially thank you, especially you. I know who you are. And uh, for for that, I think that's going to do. If you want to get a hold of me, you can always reach to reach out to me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. If you want to email me, you can always hit me up at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Feel free to join the Discord server where you can meet the rest of the Keelhauled crew and join in with some of the festivities that are going on during this holiday season. And if you would be so kind, if you like this content and you enjoy it and you want to help support me, I have started that Patreon. The Patreon starts at $3 if you want to get the ad-free content. It also makes sure that if you want to bump up to higher uh, tiers, you can also gain access to private channels, get shout outs on the show, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And that's always going to be changing, molding to whatever works best for the Patreons because you're supporting me. I want to make sure you're happy with what you're getting as a result of the support outside of the actual show itself. If you don't want to spend any money, I understand. Money is tight right now, as we discussed in the episode. Feel free to head over to iTunes or Spotify, follow, subscribe, like, share, comment, uh, put a review in, whatever it is that the algorithm wants to make sure that the content gets spread is going to help make sure that this show continues to succeed, to excel, and we can get more and more people in Sea of Thieves. In fact, if you don't even, if, if maybe you don't believe me, I want to let you know right now, I'm reading an article that PC Gamer just published. There are three, wait, no, 10, the best co-op games. I don't even know how many are on this that the PC has to offer. And first one, Phasmophobia. Cool. Second one, Sea of Thieves on Steam. Players one through four, release date 2018. Rare swashbuckling sandbox makes for a decent co-op game, but it really shines as a co-op hangout. Sea of Thieves is one of the most stunningly beautiful open world games, and it can be completely un undemanding. Board a ship with your friends, pick a direction, and just sail around drinking grog until you barf, playing musical instruments and firing each other out of cannons. Seriously, this game is great. Everyone seems to recognize that now, and Rare has done an excellent job of ensuring that the content is evergreen and that you have a good time with it. Again, everything we discussed this episode are all topics that everyone talks about, but we wanted to try and have a good discussion. Caleb really had some good thoughts on his head, and he wanted to get those out for all of you. So I want to know what your thoughts are going into uh, the future. Let me know what your feelings are. I'm going to be having some more episodes in the future, hopefully with uh, some devs, hopefully with uh, some some news. Who knows? Maybe we might actually get that Sea of Thieves uh, Halloween update. We'll see. Until then, pirates, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta. People never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, 
two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Hey Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside.